Coming up on the podcast this week. We welcome back Phil Lafferty to Cornish football. Gareth Davis from The Voice newspaper talks local footy. And Carl Wiesman tells us more about the media machine at Kimberley Stadium. Your Cornish Hello everyone, another week has gone by and so it's time once again for the latest Rapper and Deeks Friday Fix podcast. It's the 19th of February 2021 and let's get my co-host in. Hello Rappo. Afternoon Deeks, had a good week mate. Yeah, not too bad thanks, not too bad. Apart from the weather, a bit damp isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, not great mate. Beautiful sunshine here at the minute mate. Yeah, it is here as well. So uh, Yeah. So, Don't know how long that will last, mate. Yeah, yeah, like you say, it's a bit uh, inconsistent, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think the forecast over the weekend is is rain. So uh, yeah. Friday and Saturday, anyway. So, Typical, so, isn't it? Yeah, mate? no games will be played this weekend. No, <laughs> no, no, Phil's got a headache this weekend, mate. Hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He'll be using that postponement um, page on his site. Quite a bit yeah. this Saturday. So, yeah, I wish, eh, mate? <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, yeah. well, let's uh, let's get on with things, as they say. Okay, um, we've had a few monster-length episodes lately, and so today it's just the three guests, the new manager at Blaze Park, Phil Lafferty. We're also starting a new regular feature this week, and that is uh, every four weeks we're going to be hearing from Gareth Davies, from the Voice Newspaper Group. Um, he will be joining us for a, a chat about the local football scene. And our third guest today is from Sodash United, where they're turning up their media output. And so we've got the Ashes, Carl Wiesman, to tell us more on that. But first of all, as usual, it is the well-celebrated <laughs> Tickbits time. What have you got for us this week, Rappo? Gotta be honest, Deeks. I'm struggling, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you say that every week, and it gets longer every week. So come yeah, on, yeah. don't kid us. <laughs> yeah, sorry, mate. Uh, yeah, been uh, been trying hard, mate, to to find something, mate. But um, but no, um, well, sadly, it's actually Deeks to start with, mate. Uh, this week, um, we got uh, the news that uh, Dave Kitts, mate, lost his battle with cancer last weekend. Deeks, did you see that? Yeah, Dave Kitts, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Not too yeah. good. Sorry, mate. My phone's ringing here. I got some, it's a phone call from London, mate. It's probably someone asking me, telling me I've been in an accident or something. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, oh, it's gone, mate. They've gone. Thank ah, God, right. mate. Um, yeah, I hope it didn't disrupt anything, mate. No? Um, yeah, yeah. Foxhall's Darren Morse, mate, um, described Dave as a real character, mate, who kept gold brilliantly for a number of sides in the clay country, including his own club, mate, the Foxes, in the in the early 80s, mate. Um, Los Williams veteran and legendary keeper, mate, Billy Davis, mate. I mean, Billy described Dave as a lovely man and, you know, a super keeper, one of life's gentle giants who, who will be sadly missed. So just like to say from the podcast, you know, I'd like to send our condolences to... Dave's wife Sue, mate, and, and all the family, mate. Yeah, another good bang gone, mate, from Cornish football. Mm-hmm. But, uh, sure, play, you know, left plenty of memories behind, mate. That's the main thing, isn't it, for everyone. Um, I've got to apologise for this one, Dave, because I did this, mate, before you sent me for all the interviews. 
So, um, right. so um, yeah, I mean, it, I was going to say, mate, a big well done to Coral Wiesman, mate, media <laughs> manager, <laughs> yeah, and everyone at Salt Ash United. But so I'll keep it brief, things, because you, you've obviously, you know, as usual, mate, you're you're ahead of the rest of us, mate, and you you've got an interview with Coral later on, mate, haven't you, yeah. on the show. But um, but yeah, I was just going to say, you know, well done the core and everyone at Salt Ash United for the new website, mate. I mean, in these times and no local football, it's it's good to hear from the clubs and a top one at that, Dick, isn't it? You know, and and the first blog on the lovely professionally looking new site is from their chairman Dave Bishop, mate. So it was an interesting read from Dave, mate, from from completing the. You know, for, sorry, completing, complimenting, mate, the teams on the pitch to informing us about the improvements at the club, thanking the volunteers. You know, some who have been actually been ill with COVID, haven't they? Mm. So, um, and he went on to say, and Dave himself. Yeah, that's right, mate. Yeah, yes, yeah. mate. Yeah, Dave had it as well, didn't he? Of course, yeah. But um, yeah, Dave went on to say about the mindless thugs, mate, who broke into the physio room and caused some extensive, you know, not to mention expensive uh, damage, Dick. So I think Dave described them as lates, mate, which, um, <laughs> which is a pretty good summing up, I think, Dick. Yeah. But, but, um, talking of that, Dick, did you see the absolute hoot toots, mate, um, that decided to drive onto St Minver's pitch, mate? Oh, Dick, yeah, the other week. Yeah, that's oh, right. Uh, oh, What's the matter with these people, people, for goodness sake? I know, Dick. Yeah, I just can't understand these, you know. I mean, what, what you know? What goes through their head, mate? You know, to I mean, it's wrecked their surface, basically, mate, isn't it? So, mm. I mean, obviously, you know, probably no games at the minute done them a favour, really, mate. Hopefully, get it back for when they play again. But, but um, you just wish the teams, don't you, Dave, could get hold of these carers, mate, don't you, on the quiet and just have a little word with them, mate, don't you, really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. Which, which big central defenders would we exactly. hope would find them? Um, yeah, yeah. What was your mate? Well, Mike Honey, wasn't it? Was your Mike, mate? mate, yeah. Mike Honey, mate, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was petrified of Mike, mate. <laughs> <laughs> not many centre-ass, really. You know, even like the Toffees, you know, Nigel Mananit, mate, Richard Gibbons. I could name about ten of them, mate. But, but yeah, I think I think Mike sent the shivers through me, mate, more than anyone else. <laughs> he wiped me out a couple of times, mate, and I felt like I'd been hit by a bus. Like this. It, was, <laughs> it was pretty bad, mate, but... But, you know, nice bloke off the field, mate, you know, but, um, yeah, didn't leave no prisoners on it, mate, that's mm. for sure. But, but, uh, but yeah, mate, but, um, but yeah, anyway, con congrats to Coral, mate, and, and look forward to hearing more from, from the Ashes, mate, soon. Yeah, that's right. It's good that, mate, isn't it? And, and um, well, obviously, sorry, Dick, sorting out me. I'm on the last page of my book here, Dick, so I've got a fresh book for number 100 next week, mate, <laughs> our 100th show. <laughs> got a fresh... New book, mate, for the Android show, but but um, but obviously being Cornish, we've got a strong affiliation to rugby, mate, haven't we? But but even though we're a bit of a sort of sporting outpost, we we still had some well footballers from the duchy that made it to the very top level of the game, mate, haven't we? So um, I mean, it goes back to a, a player born in 1893, no less, <laughs> Jack Cock, mate. Um, not the you know most fortunate of names, mate. But don't know what his nickname was, mate. To you with the boys. Don't but, go there. Don't go there. No, no, mate. But um, but he was the very first Cornishman, mate, to represent England as well as playing for Chelsea and Everton, mate. 
Um, and just a bit further on, mate, um, in nine, a player born in 1909 um, was uh, Ray Bodendix. Not not only played for Arsenal and Newcastle, but uh, he he represented England as well, mate. So so uh, um, I don't know if you knew this, Deeks, but in 18 a, a, a gent born in 1899, mate. We, we go right back, mate. The famous Cornishman, mate, Alfred Crow, mate. Uh, he was the first manager, mate, of the, the Mexican national team, mate. You uh, have you been that? busy this week, haven't you? Yeah, I have yeah. a little bit of, yeah, proud Cornishman beach, you know, mm. like you, mate. Proud, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. That, mate. I don't know what a Cornishman was doing in Mexico, mate. Well, was he probably. a tin miner, perhaps? Yeah, it could be, mate. I, I, yeah, I was thinking. I don't know. It didn't actually say, mate, on his uh, any of his profiles. But yeah, you'd imagine it would be something along them lines, yeah. like Diggs, wouldn't you? Yeah. Being from Cornwall, but but yeah. So yeah, he was manager in Mexico, mate. And uh, Mike Tiddy, obviously, mate, played for Cardiff, Arsenal, and Brighton, mate. You know, he's been well mentioned before. And Mike Trebilcock digs. He scored two goals for Everton's winning FA Cup team in 1966, mate. Yeah. Uh, fam- famous year for football at Wembley, mate, wasn't it? Yeah. But uh, but yeah, but Mike scored two goals in the final for Everton, mate, against Sheffield Wednesday, I think. Um, 1966, and he also played for Portsmouth, Portsmouth as well as the Toffees. A bit more recently, mate, these names people might sort of know. Um, Chris Morris, mate, who started his football at Newquay uh, under Trev, I think, mate, actually. He went on to play in World Cups and Euros for, for Ireland, mate, as well as playing for the mighty Celtic Dicks, uh, Sheffield Wednesday and Middlesbrough. Um, my old county youth teammate Nigel Martin, mate, went on to amaze us all, really, mate. Playing for England, Crystal Palace, Everton, and he excelled at Leeds United as well, Dicks, didn't he? I think, I think Nigel had 23 caps, was it, for England, mate? So, mm. you know, fantastic. And another old mate of mine, mate, a brilliant keeper, Kevin Miller, mate. He played at the top level as well for clubs such as Birmingham, Watford. Crystal, Crystal Palace, and and only one player mate scored five goals past him in a match, mate, in his career. No, what do who that would be? <laughs> in his old career, do you know who that was me? Uh, uh, Graham Nichols. <laughs> <laughs> Kept playing for Graham actually, mate. At Nuki, did he? Andy Waddell. No. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can't. No, I, I, it's lost. I can't think of who it might be. In a cup final dates, no less as well. Oh, no. I mean, the Lockhart Cup final dates. Yeah, I mean, I think I was eighteen, mate, and Kev was about seventeen. But you know, I doubt if I could have scored five past him. Like Who were you playing for the Malabar, was it? Or... Yeah, I was playing for Malabar. Well, I was at Newquay at the time, Dix, But you know, you know, you get reinstated and that, mate. So yes. I think Kev was at Falmouth, mate. I think under Waddy, and he got reinstated for Morning, <laughs> and I got reinstated for Malabar, mate. And yeah, we won Lockhart Cup final. Was it Percy Stevens or Lock? No, Lockhart Cup final, mate. And and uh, yeah, we won five two, mate, at Penryn at Kernit Road, mate. I had all five, Pascal. <laughs> Actually, mate, I never bring it up because. Kev's a big bloke, mate, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I don't bring it up very often when I see him, but he always does, mate, for some reason. He still, yeah, he still remembers it, mate, even though he's had that brilliant career. So, mm. good, old, good old Kev, mate. But one of them nights it was, Deeks, you know? One of them nights where you just, like, everything you hit, sort of, I, I think I had a couple, like, left foot dipping volleys and all, mate, you know? I mean, in one match, it's, 
it's you know but proud of that one Deke's proud of that one but but another good mate and top bloke mate been on the show as well mate Wayne Quinn obviously mate played for England under 21s mate and the, and the England B as well as a career mate within the Premiership mate with Sheffield United Newcastle and West Ham mate I mean just a shame injury cut short Quinny's career mate wasn't it really I mean what what you know what a left peg Deke's on it you know, absolute poetry, mate. Quinny's left peg. And Matty Edmonton, mate, their little mascot at Formouth, no less, and, and nephew and teammate Tommy Matthews, mate, uh, went on to play in two FA Cup finals, mate, for West Ham and Stoke City, as well as storing for, for your team, Dick Spurs, and, and England at all levels, mate, from under-16s to under-21s. And he's currently coaching, mate, at Peterborough, where he started his career, mate, and, and these lads are uh, doing really well, mate. Just won the league, I think. Mm. So... Matt, he's doing well as a coach, and, and right up, finally, Deeks, right up to these days, mate, we've got Jack Stevens, haven't we, from Tor yeah. Point, playing, yeah. Yeah, playing Premier League football for Southampton, as well as representing England at under-21 level as well, mate, and obviously I used to play against Dad Paul, mate, and, and well, with and against, you know, Uncle Ian, mate, so the Stevos are a, are a talented footballing family, Deeks, aren't yeah. they, mate? So, yeah. so uh, so, yeah, just a reminder that, you know, some Cornish uh, players may have made it to the very top, although it is difficult down, down this way, mate, isn't it? And, and, um, and finally, so, well, I've not much, well, not actually watched much this week, mate, with all the live football on TV. Um, there's been quite a few games, mate, haven't there? So, <clears throat> excuse me, mate, so no documentary re- reviews this week, mate, but, but I did get four new books, mate, this week. Four new um, books? Yeah, I did, mate. No, well, I'm not a big fan of Valentine's Day, if I'm honest, but exactly a week after Rachel's birthday as oh, well, mate. Yeah. And it's also, you know, my oldest boy Ben's birthday on the 13th, as I think. So February is quite an expensive little uh, little week, <laughs> yeah, little month, isn't it? <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so I'm not a big fan of Valentine's, mate. But but she did uh, she did give me a card, mate, with a £20 Amazon voucher yeah, in, mate. So, right. yeah. So I managed to get four books of it that I wanted, Dicks, and I've had my eye on, and uh, I still had a quid change at the end of it, Dicks. <laughs> <laughs> so I've done all right. But, so it's a bit of a book review, mate, instead this week, mate. Um, but all of them, mate, should sort of resonate with the non-league football fan, really, mate, that I've got. Um, uh, the, the Football Man by Arthur Hopcroft, Dicks. I mean... First published in 1970, apparently, mate, and, he, and it's, it's been published several times since. Um, I bought the 2006 edition for four quid, mate, but although it was done again recently in in uh, 2017, but the book is repeatedly quoted, mate, as the best book ever written about football, um, mm. a study of football and society through all levels of the game, a must-read. For any football lover, mate, apparently. So I'll let you know once I've read it, then. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and uh, I've also got The Bottom Corner. Um, the author, Nige Tassel, spends a season among the characters who, in, who inhabit the non league world, uh, from the raffle ticket seller to the envelope salesman who discovered a future England international deal. So. But uh, legendary commentator Barry Davis said, not since the football man has a book so captured the real passion of the game. Mm. A wonderful journey through life in the lower reaches of the football 
pyramid, mate. So, so a couple of good books, mate, hopefully there. Journeyman, mate, was the third one. Ben Smith arrived at Arsenal at 16, mate, training with Burkamp and Wright. Uh, a bright young star, but unfortunately, the next 17 years um, saw him descend the ranks from Ivory, mate, to obscurity. Mm. Um, yeah, Ben describes the negotiations, insecurities, injuries, relocations, personal implications, mate, of the unvarnished life of a lower league player, mate. So, mm, right. uh, yeah. That's a different, <laughs> um, different slant on things, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Dicks? Yeah, I like sort of reading books that aren't all sort of, um, yeah, I like reading about people's lives and all things, mm. but it's not all, it's not all sort of lights and glamour, is it, mate? Yeah. So, you know, you you forget about all the boys that don't make it, mate, don't you? So, yeah. but yeah, but they've described it as a, a refreshing, essential reading for true fans of the not always so beautiful game. Thing. So, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. So, uh, and the last one, mate, is called Forever Young. Um, it's a story of Adrian Doherty, mate, a boy from Northern Ireland. He, he was actually described as better than Ryan Giggs, mate, in the Manchester United youth teams mm -hmm. coming up. Um, an eccentric lad, uh, when his colleagues went to watch the first team or be a ball boy at Old Trafford on a Saturday afternoon, he would take the bus into Manchester to go busking. <laughs> his real love was music, mate. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he wore second-hand charity shop clothing and loved Bob Dylan. On his 17th birthday, mate, Alex Ferguson offered him a five-year contract, um, unprecedented for any United youngster at the time. And Fergie commented, mate, he was destined for stardom. Um, but what followed over the next decade was so shocking, mysterious, amusing and unusual you wonder how his story has not been told before. <laughs> I, did, I did actually hear about him because, you know, I've got you know Man United TV and stuff, mm. so I, I have heard about him before. But but I just saw it on sort of Amazon, you know, sort of going going cheap, mate, for a five or so. But it says a, a must read about a boy who had the world at his feet, but died just before his 27th birthday following an accident in Holland. Oh so, goodness, right? Yeah, bit of a tragic. Uh, ending mate you know not sure what happened to him yet obviously but uh mm. but yeah so four books i think you know mostly sort of non-league stuff mate that we all we all love mate i think i think we you know i think it's obvious mate that we love non-league more than the you know professional game don't we mate you know it's, mm. it's real proper it's proper football isn't it it's yeah proper yeah. football mate in it so but yeah there's a few books mate and anyway if anyone's interested in a in a book mate well their own or anything you can sort of get most of them on, on amazon for about four quid mate right. four quid. yeah no so, expense uh, spared no mate no no valentine's wants the bad after all <laughs> <laughs> But won't keep you any longer, mate. That's probably <laughs> it. I've got a few ideas for next week, so I'm, I'm saving them, mate, for the under-up show. Oh, right. OK. Yeah, right. yeah. A we'll, couple, couple, yeah. yeah. We'll have to so, have a chat about that later, then. So. Yeah.
Right. Good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Well, thanks for that, Rappo. Um, good stuff you. there again. Um, plenty, well, variation as well. We started off with some yeah. sad news, but um, yeah. we ended up with some books to read um, or recommendations for people to read. So great stuff. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the Rappo and Deke's Friday Fix podcast. Just go to your favorite podcast platform and search for Cornish Soccer Talking Football. And also, if you want to listen back to any previous podcasts of Cornish Soccer, they are all available at anchor.fm slash Cornish Soccer. Thank you. Right, on to our guests this week. And uh, first up is the new manager at St. Blasey, Phil Lafferty. Well, Phil, you certainly uh, woke up social media a couple of weeks ago, didn't you? In this lockdown, it's been a bit quiet. All of a sudden, the, the phone went mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my phone was uh, was a bit red hot, Dave. It uh, went into a bit of meltdown <laughs> for that that particular week. But, um, yeah, it's uh, an interesting interesting passage of time. Has it calmed down now at all, or not? Um, well, obviously, I've been inundated with well wishes and. Um, congratulations and, and, and so forth, which is fantastic. And I'll say on record now, thank you to everyone that, that did get in touch um, in answer to your question. Yeah, it's, it's calmed down a bit. Obviously, I've got um, got quite a bit of work to do, but quite a bit of time to do that in, so there's no immediate rush. Um, so, yeah, I'm busy on the phone, but for, for slightly different reasons now um, to, to that initial first week period. You say you've got time, but... How much time have you actually got? Because we don't know when football might return. No, that's true. Um, <laughs> we, we've got to wait. Obviously, we've got to wait for next Monday's um, government announcement and then see what the FA do and then see what the regional leagues and whatnot do. Um, we can't do anything until then. Um, players are not going to move about until then. It would be crazy for any players to do so. Um, and we've got to sit tight and wait to see what, what served on us, really, in that sense. Um, so, But other than that, there is, you know, it's not like being appointed in June and <clears throat> pre-season start in late June, early July, and then the league starts August. So there's, there's more time than, than the usual kind of appointment at the end of a season. Mm. And I, I gather you've got about seven players left um, from the, the squad that was there a couple of weeks ago. Have you sort of compiled a list of players that you would like, or how have you how are you sort of going about things? Yeah, I think it's important, like you just touched on there, that the players that are left at the club and eligible to play for the club again at this stage um, have, have been contacted and, and are all very welcomed, um, open-armed to, to stay with the club. Um, and prove their worth to us. Um, the general census at the moment with those players is that they want to. And quite frankly, Dave, why wouldn't they um, when it's such a, a fantastic club and facility and, and history there? So, so it's important, obviously, to, to note that, that we do wish them to stay and, and to give them a perfect opportunity to prove themselves. Then, obviously, there is a, still a rebuild. Even if all seven stayed, we, we still need a, a big handful of, um, of other players. And, and, of course, we'll we will look and, and wish to strengthen and, and make us very competitive on all fronts. Now, you've been busy, obviously, appointing um, management, um, well, staff or whatever you like to call them. Uh, Lee Phillips is coming in. Um, Jay Isbell is, is also coming in. What's your thinking behind those two? Um, well, it's got to be a blank canvas from my point of view, Dave. Um, some may have thought, oh, well, you know, he'll try and get the old, 
the old um, management team back together and, and, and there's no disrespect to why I haven't. Um, it's, you know, we're all five years older and, and moved on a bit and we've all got different lives. I felt that um, me and Jay stay in regular contact anyway. Good friend of mine, um, St. Blasey born and bred. And um, we've spoken maybe for up to two years now <clears throat> about the St. Blasey job, if it ever came available or any other job that might suit us that came available but mainly our eyes were on if Blazy ever comes available by hook or crook um, and we had the opportunity we'd both be interested in working together um, so uh, you know he's he's here on the on the ground in St Blazy knows the club inside out and, and was a very good footballer himself won the league obviously himself with the club so his attachment and involvement with the club um, is, is a natural one anyway Lee um we we were messaging um, after, obviously, the announcement um, on that Friday. And um, one thing led to another. And um, he was very, very quick to say, look, I'd love to, to be involved. I'd love to help out. I was very quick to reciprocate that and, and say, well, it'd be great to have you on board, particularly as you would be my my, my eyes and, and feet on the ground in, in, in Plymouth on the other side of the bridge. And, um, you know, it goes without saying what he will bring in his experience with, with his career would be, would be pretty impressive, um, and I look forward to working with him and with Jay. Interesting you say there about the Plymouth connection. Now, a lot of people would say, why do we need players from over the over the Tamar? Um, but St. Blasey actually historically have always had quite a strong sort of Devon link, haven't they? Yeah, they have, um, regardless of where the manager's from. Trevor Mewton always had a couple of carloads of very good Devon-based players. Um, before that, there was always a, an influence of Devon and, you know, Devon-based players. goes back decades and decades, mm -hmm. doesn't it? Um, I don't care where anyone comes from. They can fly in from Scotland if they, if they want to and they can afford to at their own cost. <laughs> um, so it matters not to me whether they're Cornish or Devon. Some die-hard Cornish football fans and St. Blasey fans will be very keen to see a more local base group I'm sure but between 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon if what they see is what they like I don't think it matters really what, what side of the bridge they come from No, and, and for various reasons a local club or a local side at St Blasey hasn't really in my time sort of worked has it um, no no I guess not um, it's uh, it, from my point of view, it's such a blank canvas at this moment in time, but with everything going for it and, and such a an easy sell for any manager to, to wish to come and play, um, you know, on that pitch, at that club, under that arch, um, it's, you know, who, who on earth wouldn't want to? So so I just see it, and so does Jay, and so does Lee, as a, as a, a fabulous opportunity. Now, how big a club, though, it I mean, if I was a player and you were interested in signing me, how would you sell me St. Blasey? Because they are a big club, but you have to go back quite a few years now since they won anything. Yeah, um, I think the first question that I asked of the committee when interviewed, and in particular the chairman for obvious reasons, was what's your aspirations, what's your ambition? because I needed to hear firsthand that they, they shared the same as me. Um, I'll, I'll say it here and now, Dave, I, I, don't, I don't wish to get back into football just to make numbers up. I don't want to spend three years rebuilding. 
Um, I want to hit the ground running. And to do that, it needs full backing from everyone involved currently at the club because they're there always to pick up the pieces when things go wrong, as unfortunately the club have, have obviously experienced firsthand recently. So as soon as that, that, that ambition was, was, was matched um, on both sides of the table in that interview, it enables me to go to players and say, well, look, whether St. Blasey have been overachieving or underachieving in recent years or in this season, they, they want success. They want to be as competitive at the top of, of the league and all the cuts as possible, and so do I. Um, and it's a great club. So what, what more do you need? What, what, what's not to like? So that, that will be the selling point. Um, people might think it's, it's just cheap words and whatnot, but at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's all factual as far as I'm concerned, and, and who wouldn't want to play at that football club? Mm. Now you 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 obviously um, left St Austell when it was still on a high. Such what made you step back from there? That was family, <clears throat> um, family. Um, the age of, of our young family. Um, I think at that point, our eldest was eight years of age. Um, our youngest was was two, and um, we just had our third um, arrive <laughs> that year. I'd thrown. I'd like to think every single part of me for two and a half years into that role and loved every single minute. Um, but I'm the sort of person, Dave, that, that will throw absolutely everything in. And with that, there always comes a shelf life. And you can't continue that without something in work or at home or in social or in health kind of then having a, a bit of a, uh, a, bit of a, a, a negative effect. So at that point, I just felt we've done pretty well. It's been a couple and a half years. We've, we've, you know, with the, the, the trips around the country, not just the county, there was a lot of traveling, a lot of time away. And um, I just felt at that time I, I owed it to my wife and to myself and to the business that, that obviously we, we, we run to, um, to turn attentions away from football at that moment in time. And since that time, obviously, you've been linked with various, you know, clubs and managers. Was there ever any truth that you, you were thinking about joining up with uh, Gilby at Bodmin? Um, Darren and I had had a couple of chats um, here and there. Nothing too serious. No proper interview or anything like that. That kind of that option was was mouth watering. Um, you know. I, Respect Aaron massively, and, um, and and like the way he does things, but just felt that maybe maybe it might not just work um, in in reality. But yeah, it was definitely something there. Interesting, isn't it? You and you and Gilby on the touchline. <laughs> Do fireworks, Dave? Yeah, gives me. Oh. But to be me... fair, Dave, you know I I love locking horns with with Darren, and and you know he says the same. Um, I think we get the best out of each other. And um, <laughs> I mean that genuinely. And, and the nicest thing about it is there's a firm handshake before the game. It's, um, it's spitting feathers during the game. And then it's a beer together after the game. I like that. That's and, the best um, thing about it, isn't it, really? It's the, the absolute best thing. And that's that, you know, of course, winning, winning helps as well. But that's healthy rivalry. And, and I knew when we took the Sonostal job, on that Darren at that point was the yardstick Trevor had been. Um, Darren then was, was the one we all aspired to. He, his record at that time 
um, still in, 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 obviously, in management was, was the best around. And if you wanted to be the best, you had to beat the best. And Darren and Bobbin at that time were. Hmm. How do you think the game's moved on since you uh, packed up at St. Austell? Um, good question. Um, there are elements that I don't like. Um, I make no secret of the fact that I'm an old schooler. Um, I don't think that um, I'm completely out of touch with, with the generations coming through. Because um, I like to think that I can... I can man manage um, most people, but I do believe that the, the game, whether it's on the TV or whether it's grassroots level, has changed. Um, it's, uh, you know, for example, every player, young player now, wants to be this you know, ACM or this number ten, don't they? And who wants to be a number nine anymore? It's some um, things have changed, and you know, do teams play two up top or one up top with this these ACMs in behind? So, so things have changed in that sense. Um, but of course, you know, we're all we're all blessed with football every five minutes of our lives on TV and whatever. So we we all go with it, and we all have to adapt with it, don't we? Mm. I think, as far as the football on the telly goes, it's it's actually switching a few of us off, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think <laughs> we've been overindulged in it, and some of the rules and more recent changes to the game. Um, I don't think have improved the game, and yeah, I think um, turning the telly on and putting the football on once was an absolute must and now sometimes it's on in the background and we're not paying that much attention to it because it's actually um, it's frustrating us more than more <laughs> than it used to mm. OK well finally back to Blazy when can we expect to see some silverware coming through the doors there at Blaze Park <laughs> eh? come on <laughs> tell us <laughs> who knows Dave who knows um, have you given yourself any sort of time plan without telling us um, I hit the ground running I said at the beginning obviously um, I've said in other interviews it's it's about hitting the ground running I don't want to be overhauling a side still in September or even August there's always natural wastage there's always people that may move on or may want to, to move in, in your direction um, after the season started of course and, and that will happen um, but you know we, we want to hit the ground running we want all our nuts and bolts um, in the right places um, in good time so that I'm working with the core squad that I intend to stick with for the whole season um, throughout pre-season. Mm. Uh, and, and only that way, if it's settled and I look them in the eye and they look me in the eye and we all believe and trust in one another, only then can you really start to think, OK, we're in with a shout here. Um, but that means we've got to get the targets in first. Um, we've got to get the, the, the people in that we want. And those people have got to be right people in, in, for, the, for the environment to be right. Um, and then you go out and do do what you do on the football pitch. But the dressing room and the environment's got to be right first. So silverware, I can only let you know once people have signed. We're all sat there. We're all in the dressing room. We're all at pre-season. We all know that we all want to push each other. That's very much how it went at St. Austin. And we soon gained momentum and realised we're on something good here. And we've actually got a serious chance. I mean, we're all thinking, you know, getting prepared for next season, but how are you going to be fixed there at St. Blasey if there is, you know, there's talk at the moment about perhaps some sort of mini-cup competitions, whatever, towards the end of the of this season if, if we can't get back to playing league football. How are you going to be fixed there players-wise? Um, 
had this conversation with the, the committee when we um, when we spoke and once um, things were tied up and we would look and hope to utilise the players that are retained that are eligible um, along with some reserve team players and of course any new players that we do get over the line by that time um, if in fact we even we do then then they'll come into the into the fold as well so um We'll make it happen one way or another, whether it's a round-robin cup competition or whether it's the League Cup live and dark or the Senior Cup. Um, we've got to make it happen, and we will. Mm. Well, we wish you the best of luck, Phil. Um, whenever football returns, when do you think it'll be back? If you had to put money on it, when, do you, when would you say? Um, I'm hoping there's something of grassroots-level football um, in April and in May. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're all hanging on to that, whatever that may be. But it has to be obviously with safety in mind. Um, my head says that we're probably looking at another scrap of the season and a proper restart. And if if we believe the rumours that this will be the final and last lockdown, whenever it's going to end, then we should be able to look forward to a proper full competitive season on on all fronts next season, shouldn't we? Mm. I'm just thinking uh, whilst you're saying that you, you've probably got two different thoughts on this haven't you because for your business obviously you want things to return to normal as quickly as possible for the football you'd probably like to have it sort of drag on a little bit wouldn't you yes and no <laughs> um, yes because it's a blank canvas and we all start from scratch soon rather than in June May or June but it also would give me the opportunity have a look at whatever players do stick around and choose to stick around from the current squad um, and also to have a look at the reserves as well um, and anyone else that wishes to come in and put themselves in the in, in, in the frame so uh, a bit mixed emotions really and at the end of the day it'll be what it'll be won't it and we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll have to do whatever's served upon us yeah have you had any players say they'll sign for you or not no none yet no <laughs> not even Rappo has he not been on the phone to you <laughs> Yeah, Rappo has, um, but don't know if I can afford the beer tokens. Um, that would be a partnership, can... wouldn't it? Him and Lee Phillips up front. Oh, now we're talking. <laughs> now we're talking. That would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> the ball would certainly stick, wouldn't it, Dave? <laughs> yeah, that's true. OK, well, I'll let you get on and uh, all the best, Phil. And, uh, well, no doubt we'll be talking at some stage over the next few months or whatever. Brilliant. Thanks for your time, Dave. Your Cornish podcast. Well, first of all, Dukes, I just want to say great interview, mate, um, from you. You know, great questions. And, you know, I think everyone is a, is an interview. Everyone wanted to hear, mate, and it laughs, mate, you mm. know, to follow up sort of Gareth's, you know, brilliant, uh, you know, interview in The Voice last week, mate. And, you know, nice to hear Phil's voice as well, mate, isn't it? Um, brilliant to see laughs back in the game, isn't it, Dukes? You know, first and foremost, mate, I mean, and I... And, Personally, mate, think it's the perfect challenge for him, mate, or, or project, mate, for him to sort of awaken this biggest of sleeping giants, Deeks, isn't it, Blazy? I mean, yeah. Jay and, yeah, I mean, you know, I know we spoke about Blazy before, mate, as a sleeping giant, but I think out of all the Cornish, you know, you, you talk about like Penzance and stuff, Deeks, don't you? And, but I think Blazy is probably the biggest sleeping giant in Cornish football, Deeks, isn't it, really? Yeah, because I mean they've won the well, won the Southwestern League yeah. double figures, won the Senior Cup double figures, um, 
but they haven't yeah. actually won much in the last sort of uh, well what was it the last title they won was well the last season of the um, South Western League wasn't it yeah I was going to say that it's 2007 yeah it, that's right yeah so. That's right, Trev's last, yeah. So, yeah, mate. So, yeah, I mean, you know, great to see last that, mate. And, and Jay, you know, Jay and Philo, mate, two superb blokes, uh, you know, to have by your side as well. I think Laughs has already done well there. Um, yeah. yeah, and I, I think the combination of, you know, the lure, mate, of playing for Laughs, mate, you know, playing for one of Cornwall's biggest clubs, without doubt, you know, history-wise, as you just said, mate, and, and playing at those, you know, fantastic, facilities, you know, as Laf said, mate, under the arch, you know, and for a side that will undoubtedly be challenging, mate, it's going to be a big pull, mate, isn't it, for any top player in this league, I think, Beeks, and I and I can only see Laf being a, a big success at Blazy, mate, and, and you wouldn't be surprised, mate, if it was sooner rather than later, would you, silverware-wise, really, mate, for Laf's like Dicks? Ooh, putting pressure on him. Oh, I have put a little bit of pressure, but I think he likes it, mate, don't I? I think Lass is a man that thrives under pressure, Dick. True, so, true. Yeah, yeah. I can't see him being anything less than... So who, who should his first signing be, then? Cool, crikey, mate. Um, what would you go for, a striker or a defender? That, that, that is a good question, isn't it? Um, well, you know me personally, Dick, I love a man that can bang in 40 goals in a season, mate. That gives you a good... Start, mate. Yeah, but, but if you keep a clean sheet, you've got at least a point, haven't well, you? That's it, mate, yeah. Your platform sort of built from the back, isn't it, mate? You know, and like you say, mate, yeah, you, you, it's built on a good defence, really, isn't it? So, I don't know, mate. I'm trying to think to myself, actually. <laughs> yeah. I should have thought about this before I asked you, shouldn't I? Um, yeah, Joyler, mate. Joyler yeah, could be, could be. You know, I don't really want to disrespect Danny because obviously Joyless at Bolton now with Gilby, mate, isn't he? And, you know, I don't want Gilby banging on my door, mate. <laughs> <laughs> with them eyes, no, mate. When why do we always pick on Gilby? Every week yeah. you have a go at him. Come oh, on. No, I love Gilby, mate. He knows I love him, mate. <laughs> he's, he's the Vinny Jones, isn't he, mate? A coolish football Gilby, mate. Yeah, love Gilby, mate. Love Gilby. But I don't know, really, mate. Don't want to disrespect any other clubs, but you know, maybe Chappie and Gold, mate, for a nice little Ooh, career. No, ending. surely not. Yeah. Chappie won't leave St. Austin, will he? Well, that's the thing, this mate. Is the thing, know. isn't it? Yeah, it's. Yeah. I, I think Phil's going to have a really difficult job, to be honest, getting players to, to go to St. Blasey. Yeah, I mean, like Phil said in his interview, really, Dish, I mean, the players, you know, like when Phil started at St. Austin, the players, they're eight years older now, aren't they? Yeah, that's you know, right. You know, he's been out of the game sort of five seasons, which, you know, I don't think for Lass will matter that much because he, he gets to see a lot of games and stuff, doesn't he? And obviously, you know, he's got his ear to the ground, knows football, especially Cornish football, mate, inside out, doesn't he? And obviously, Philo, mate, got that Plymouth connection there as well. So I don't think Lass will leave any stone unturned, mate, will he? But, no. but I think it will be, you know, a lot of players you might not expect, mate, mightn't it? going mm. to Blazy rather than the old sort of, the old school, if you know what I mean. Yeah, but, I mean, everyone's saying, you know, likes of Liam Eddy and Neil Slateford yeah, and, but, Slates, yeah, and Ollie Brokes, you know, but yeah. will he surprise us? I think he could well do so. I think he will, mate, yeah. I think he will as well, mate. Yeah, be, be uh, interesting stuff, mate, wouldn't it? Seeing last first... Uh, First 11, mate, on that first league game next season, wasn't it? Yeah. That'd be an interesting yeah. team sheet, that one. Yeah, that's right. If we could all pick a squad now, yeah. I wonder how many of them would be in 
in his first squad. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Be hard for a player to turn down, I think, mate, wouldn't it? When Laps comes calling, mate, I think. <laughs> with, this, with this new project, mate, it's going to be. Sounds like it should be a book or a film, doesn't it? When Laps comes calling. Yeah, comes calling, mate, yeah. That's a little headline for Gareth, there, mate, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Well, he signs his first player or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. right. Well, talking to Gareth, uh, shall we move on to him now? It's um, time to hear from Gareth Davies, the chief sports writer for the Voice newspaper group. Well, every uh, four weeks we've uh, invited Gareth Davies on uh, to the podcast. Um, we're going to be talking to you, Gareth, uh, for a quick catch-up of what's happening on the local footy scene. Uh, um, obviously, with your papers, you pretty much... Well, you're in charge of the universe now, so you pretty much know what's happening around the place, don't you? Yeah, that. I think you you said we're we're, we're going to rule the world. I wouldn't quite go that far, but you know we we sort of pretty much got that the area of of, of mid Cornwall covered off now. What with the what with the four titles in you know St Austell and Newquay, which have have been well established, and in the last year we've launched one in one in Truro and one in Bodmin. So yeah, if it's uh, if it's going on across those uh, those areas, I I think we'll be first to it. Right. Well, we've already heard from Phil Lafferty, um, the new boss at St Blaise. I know that you've been. Uh, following this uh, situation pretty close so uh, what are your thoughts on the appointment first of all oh, i think it's i think it's a great appointment all round day for all parties concerned i, th- I think st blazy g- given what the, the well documented problems that, that, that they had over christmas and the and, and the previous management and players leaving the club uh, after St Blasey decided that that was their right course of punishment for their actions, I, I think St Blasey needed someone like Phil Lafferty, someone that would would make people sort of sit up and take notice, but also someone that could lead them out of the, 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 these troubles that they they've, they've got themselves into. Um, so I think it's a really really good appointment for Phil. He's been out of the game for a little while. We, we we all know that, and he admitted that to me as well. But um, you know, I, I I just think it's it's the right name for 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 that club at, at the moment. Mm-hmm. Which out of the clubs that you follow on a Saturday, which ones do you go to the most? Do you think to watch when there is football? Of course, it depends, Dave. Really, I mean, I I, I try to vary it around a little bit. Um, so you know, I could be at. I tend to always go to a Peninsula game. Although there are times when, if they're all away, I always try and stay in the local area. So I will always try and go to one of St Austell, Sticker, St Blasey, or St Dennis. Or in recent in recent times, I it's uh, fallen under my remit to look over the Truro paper now. So see Truro City as as well. But I always always try and go to one, make that the feature game. And obviously, with our papers in Newquay and Bobman now, our decision is can be based on. For instance, if St Dennis were playing Bodmin, then there's a there we can get report and reaction, and we'll send our photographer to that game, so we can corner off off two newspapers. Then, um, so it's all about sort of using your resources is wisely. But no, I'll always try and go to to one Peninsula game, um, and obviously the way Phil plans the fixtures, certainly in the early part of the season, means there's always midweek games are always staggered. So. I, I can norm some some weeks. I'll take in two or three games a week. Obviously, mm-hmm. I haven't taken anything in for a while, and we don't know when that will restart again. But uh, yeah, you'll see me on a on a touchline uh, around the area at least two or three times a week. Do you think it's going to be good for St Blasey if there is um, this? I think as far as the league. 
goes. I think we've seen it, and that's over and done with, isn't it? I think. But they're talking about this sort of mini cup competitions, whatever, at the end of of I don't know April May time. Do you think that's a good or a bad thing for St Blasey and Phil? Well, I think I think I wrote a piece last week, like a little opinion piece in the St Austell paper, and said that obviously COVID has sort of caused these problems for St Blasey, and and that's really the reason that Phil's the manager now because if it wasn't for COVID, if it wasn't the COVID breach, I think I don't think I'm certain that Matty Hayden and Sean Vincent would still be in charge of the team. Mm. So COVID's caused Blazy's problems, but in, in some respect, it, it could turn out to be sort of a silver line into the cloud for them because Phil's got five months now to, to, to build a team. That, that's that's going to be difficult. He's got a blank canvas. He, he said to me, and I'm, I'm sure he said to you as well, that that, that excites him that, he, that he's got a blank canvas and he can start from from scratch. Um, but but the fact that Blazy, as it appears, like you said, that the season will be declared null and void, you know, the, the Peninsula season won't start again now and all league football won't start again now until August. That gives Phil time. Um, my understanding is that St. Blasey... Now, I don't, now, this was what I was made aware of before Phil was appointed, but St. Blasey were intending to use uh, reserve team players to fulfil the Cornwall Senior Cup games if that goes ahead. My understanding is that if they opted not to play in the Walter C. Parsons Cup, there would be no penalty, so there would be no fine for not entering the competition if we got to that stage. And the kind of COVID Cup that you've mentioned that Phil Hiscox has talked about, that will, uh, entry to that will be optional, so right. clubs won't have to go into it if they don't want to. So if the Cornwall Senior Cup goes ahead, I think St. Blaise are due to play Callington at home. Um, I mean, I don't know. Phil might Phil might say, "Well, no, I want to try and get a team together." That's going to be difficult, I would think. Looking at the players that he's obviously going to want to sign, they're probably at other clubs at the moment, and um, so we don't know how that will quite work. But no, Phil Phil's got time on his hands, basically. And so, like I say, although COVID's put Blazy in this situation, it could actually end up working in their favour mm. uh, because of the because of the time factor. Mm. Okay. Well, let's move on to. Uh... Our Southern League club in the county, and obviously you're running the news, well, this week, of managerial staying on there? Yeah, Paul Watton's agreed a new contract, which I believe is long-term, um, to stay at stay at Truro City. Uh, I spoke to him on, on Monday, Monday evening, uh, and then, then obviously the story went in our Truro paper on Wednesday, and I think the club announced it sort of late on on Tuesday evening. Again, I think a little bit like Phil going in at St Blasey, I think it's it's a really really positive move. And Paul spoke positively about this whole ongoing situation at Truro City right from the start. He spoke positively about the the ground share at, at Plymouth Parkway. He said that it would be a good thing that then that enables the club to build a stadium at Langarth. But, you know, and this was just more of the same from him. He basically said that if he, you know, if he didn't believe in the project, then he wouldn't have stuck around. He wouldn't have signed the new contract. And one thing I said to him is fans, supporters of Tro City have quite rightly been, their, their, their views have been mixed about tree road sale and going to Partway and, and, and you know, will the stadium ever, ever be built? And I, I can understand that. I think we can all understand that, that some people will be sceptical about it. But, the fact that the manager's willing to stay around um, and, you know, he signed a new long-term contract, that, if I was a supporter of Truro City, looking from the outside, I think that, you know, that shows some real intent. That shows the club are serious about they want what they want to do. 
I mean, Paul, Paul's you know Paul's a young, ambitious manager. I know he's never had a, a managerial job in the football league, but he was an assistant in the football league at, at his hometown club Argyle under Derek Adams. I know that didn't quite go according to plan; didn't finish very well for him. But I would think that Paul Paul's probably quite well sought after. Uh, because of his pedigree as a player, and he's done well as a manager. He said himself it's been frustrating because he he's managed for two seasons and neither of them have been completed. But Truro were, would have probably won promotion last year. They were well placed again this year. They, they're going places. They're going in the right direction. And and the manager putting pen to paper and saying he's going to say it's a massive statement in, of intent for the club and it will create a, a feel-good factor around the around the place although they haven't really got a place they can call their own at the <laughs> moment I don't suppose but you know what I mean yeah okay well lower down the, the sort of football pyramid you obviously cover the likes of um, Dutchy league sides and Eastcourt Premier and all that um Nampian, St Stephen, are there things happening at those clubs at the moment? Are you in sort of contact with that level or what? Yeah, we 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 feel that it's a massively important part of our coverage, Dave. That that, that we keep in touch with football all around the patches, and like obviously on the Truro patch, that Truro City, right the way down to Probus Reserves, which play I think they're playing one of the lower Trelawney leagues. But it, it, it's really important to, 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 to keep in contact with all the clubs, especially at the moment with nothing going on. And then obviously on the St. Austell patch, obviously we have the four Peninsula clubs. And then it's a domino effect sliding down St. Piran clubs, East Cornwall, Dutchy League. And they really, those clubs further down really, really appreciate the, the, the coverage that we give them. And like I say, I think it, it's a really, really important part of our paper. Um, obviously, Tro City have pretty much dominated the Truro paper for the last three or four weeks. Um, so we, we, we haven't spoken to the, 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 the Trelawney clubs, but that's not, that's not, uh, that's not in, intentional. That's just the way the news has panned out. And we've only had five pages of sport at the moment. Um, so we, we'll, we'll, we'll certainly come on to them and we'll be speaking to them in the next few weeks. But for St. Austell, obviously there's some blazing news died down a little bit this week. So we ran pieces with, uh, Jay Isbell and Lee Phillips who have gone in to assist Phil Lafferty, which then with the extra space that we, we, we were able to go and speak to the clubs in the couple of clubs lower down. I did a piece with, with Nampin and, and their player manager, Luke Truscott, who a little bit frustrated that see Nampin, it looks like two seasons on the trot, Nampin aren't going to be able to claim any silverware. They will Streets ahead in Dutchy Division Two, I think it was last year, um, would have won the would have won the league, but didn't. They the, the way the Dutchy League was then reshuffled, they received a promotion anyway to Dutchy Division One. Again, they I think they were five from five. They, they'd hardly conceded a goal. Geordie Wilmot had scored all their goals. Well, not all their goals for them. That's a bit disrespectful on the rest of them. But Geordie <laughs> had scored a, a lot. Geordie had scored a lot a lot of goals. Yeah. I think he was averaging at least a hat trick every game. So again, for their their reward for for their endeavours, there won't be any silverware, I don't think. And I spoke to Luke, and you know, Luke's a Luke's a lovely guy, and, and he said that they, you know, they just sit tight and see what happens. He said that they would like to do promotion the right way, uh, but mm-hmm. if the Dutchy League came to them and said, look. We feel there's a place for you in the Dutchy Premier. He said they would they would ex, uh, accept that. Moving across the clays, I also spoke to Craig Code, player boss at uh, St Stephen, and his he was really frustrated that that nothing's sort of happened with, with, with the with the East Cornwall Premier League at the moment. Now, obviously, there is a process 
for them to make a decision. Anything recreational football, which is step seven and down, it's not up to the individual leagues to make a decision on whether a league is null and voided, points per game or whatever. The league will will feed information to the county FA, obviously Cornwall FA in our case, and then the Cornwall FA will decide what happens. Some leagues up and down the country, recreational level, have already made a decision. There's nothing been made in Cornwall yet. I think a lot of leagues are waiting until uh, the Prime Minister's address on, I think it's Monday, isn't it, the yeah. 22nd, before they make a decision. But Craig was really frustrated at the fact that, like he said, they, they're still maintaining their pitch at the moment because... They don't know. They may be given the green light to start playing football again, and they just feel that you know their time may be wasted. And you know they they they've obviously applied to go in the St Piran League next year. And he said at the moment they don't know where they're going to be playing next year. Craig said actually he'd become, he wouldn't mind if the if they said no no promotion to the St Piran League. You have to remain in the East Cornwall League. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, he said if they are elevated to the St Piran League and I think it's a, uh, St Stephen and St Dominic that have applied yeah. out of the East Cornwall Premier League he wants to know because he may then start looking at different players or you know things mm-hmm. like that so it's uh, yeah it's mixed views up in the clays um, but I understand I understand their frustrations you know I understand their points of view it's just really uncertain for everyone at the moment yeah and I guess that, well it's getting to that stage as you say the you know the pitches need to be looked after and whatever I, I I guess it'll be good if we do know in the next few weeks I mean hopefully Gareth when we speak to you in four weeks time it'll all be a lot clearer yeah hopefully Dave for, for, for everyone everyone and, and and you know like say clubs clubs will start planning for will need you know they will need to start planning for next season and they could be given extra time to do that if a decision is made in terms of null and voided leagues. I think realistically, Dave, we're not going to see any league football. Will we see any football? Again, I don't know. That's very, very much, very, very much up in the air at the moment. The other thing to consider is clubs have said to me that they wouldn't be willing to play unless their clubhouses and tee-ups can function uh, properly. So it's all well and good, the green light being given to play football and that's fantastic but clubs are saying to me that if hospitality as part of their club isn't allowed to open and function as normal then they're not prepared to play so might we get a decision where very few clubs want to play is there any point playing anything at all if that's the case probably probably not you know may it be better if we just sort of pack up and come back in august (laughs) i I, I don't know i mean crikey we could we could talk all day about that okay well right well thanks gareth for bringing us up to date with what's happening on your patch i mean not a problem in four weeks time we will know well i'm hoping we'll know everything a little a lot clearer than what it is at the moment um just on a personal note, are you for football returning in some form, shape or whatever? Or do you think, as you just said, perhaps it will be all knocked on the head? Yeah, from a purely personal point of view, I would, you know, I, I'd love there an, an announcement to be said that we can start playing tomorrow, you know, because <laughs> it makes my job a lot easier. Yeah. And obviously, as someone that, that, that loves football and their job um, encompasses working within football or on football, that would be brilliant. Is that going to happen? I don't think so. Um, so, yeah, if it could happen, great. But I think it would have to be meaningful, though, Dave. I think it would have to be meaningful. And although the idea of a COVID Cup, you know, I'm talking about the Peninsula Clubs mm. now, seems like a good idea. In effect, it's nothing more than glorified friendlies, I don't think. Our, our clubs 
and players really going to want to do that? I don't know. The, lo- the longer this goes on, I think the, the more the interest will wane. And so then it may just be better if we say, actually, let's draw a line under it and, and, and come back again in August when hopefully the vaccine rollout will, you know, it will be rolled out to, to, to most. I saw someone, something in the press earlier in the week that said that they hope to vaccinate most adults by July or something. So that mm. would give football the chance to, to return in not normal. What's normal going to look like? I don't think we know really, do we? But more or less like we, like we had, like we had it before. Fing- fingers crossed. You're listening to the Cornish Soccer Rappo and Deke's Friday Fix. Yeah. Thanks to Gareth there. As, as we've said, Gareth will be uh, coming on the podcast every four weeks just to keep us up to date um, with what's happening around the, the local football scene as, as far as himself and the Voice newspaper goes. He's obviously talking about things we've already mentioned. One is Phil Lafferty. The second is is obviously uh, Paul Watton and, and Truro City, which we talked to Cam about in a minute. But um, it's also good that they're sort of getting around to the likes of Nampi and St Stephen and, and clubs like that, isn't it? Exactly. It's exactly what I've written down, actually, Dick. So I was going to say, mate, Gareth gets them nearly as many games as you do. Yeah. <laughs> but, and he, and he yeah. gets paid for it, so even better. Yeah, yeah that's Yeah. Sorry, Dick. I've got another phone call. Oh, here, mate. King, not the same. Kingston yeah. upon upon hole, mate. Where are they at with that? Kingston upon hole. Yeah. That's up near... Um, um, Morton Hampstead or something, isn't it? Is it? Is it, mate? <laughs> God knows what they've done, mate. <laughs> they've gone anyway, mate. Thank God, they've gone. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it'd be, it, it, you know, it'd be good to, um, you know, I mean, it'd be good to hear from, from Gareth monthly, wouldn't it, mate? And, and all that knowledge, you know, and up-to-date news, you know, great stuff for the podcast. And, and I, I like you said, mate, I like the way The Voice covers the junior stuff as well, mate, didn't you? The junior mm. sides in each area, because, you know, it's not all about the top-level sides, is it, Diggs, to be fair? And, and I mean, Probus under-10s, mate, was my first-ever team peak, so I always enjoy reading, you know, about them in the Chora Voice and that, mate, you know, and obviously manager Tony Paddock, mate, bloke we both know well mate any pants and that so but uh, it's surprising like who subconsciously sometimes thinks who, who you follow mate in it and yeah. take an interest in isn't it mate sometimes yeah that's right but uh, but yeah yeah they do a brilliant job though mate don't they like you say it's, you know covered from from all levels of local football mate isn't it oh universal it's they're all over yeah, the place. exactly mate <laughs> yeah Good work, mate. Good work. <laughs> <laughs> right. On we go. And it's uh, PR and club exposure is very much the thing in uh, 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 these days. Saltash United, very keen on increasing their output. And here's their media and marketing manager. Oh, that's a nice sort of roll off the tongue, isn't it? Yeah. Media and marketing manager, Carl Wiesman. He's going to tell us more. Well, welcome back, Carl. Um Back onto the podcast. What are you doing with yourself at the moment with no football? Um, actually, David, we're very busy. <laughs> uh, media wise, that's how I started. Um, obviously, we went through a bit of a period as everybody else has. So it's a very dry period, no football. Um, media wise, we're all sat around twiddling our thumbs thinking, what can we do? How can we use this time to, um, uh, to our advantage, really, that we've got? And, um, decided right well we'll look back on what we've achieved what we have done over the last year or so and um, 
have a look at what we like, what we don't like, and um, have a bit of a regroup, really. And we've decided, you know, we need to definitely we need to get small bodies in to help us. Um, this is what we're trying to do at the moment, making steps towards that. And um, in the last couple of days, we've just launched a new club website, which has kept us busy or so far last month. Yeah, not not many clubs actually bother with websites anymore, do they? No, um, it's a shame, really, because, um, I mean, maybe it's our level of the pyramid, or maybe it's just that. I mean, but if you if you look up, up the pyramid and all the, uh, the club websites, obviously there's a wealth of information on there about the club and contacts and results and fixtures and, and news and things like that. And, um, you know, that's something that we want to buy into. I know there's a massive trend towards social media. Um, I know that. Um, but... Our website for, for us is important to us. It's, it's about you know it's about our brand and what um, what we can offer to the community and what and what they get from coming to watch us play football and, and being part of the club. So um, you know we that's what we were that's what we're aiming to um, to build on really to make that better. Yeah, because obviously you're the the top media man at Saltash. So what made you change websites? Um, we just. I, just have a look at it, Dave, and we, and we sat down and we, and we thought that, you know, it, it, it needs to be, it could be more modern, it could be more fresh, um, and, you know, it's we're part of an ambitious club, we're always looking to, always looking to do um, better, um, and that goes for off the field as well as, as, well as on, on it, so um, we're always looking at ways that we can improve, and we decided that, that, that the website we had wasn't giving us that, you know, the, the, our motto really is to be as professional as we possibly can be without actually being professional. Um, <laughs> so we, it give us, it gives us that extra, uh, that extra edge. And I think, I think it's, uh, I think it's paid off. Um, the website's looking great. We've had a lot of positive comments about it so far. So, um, and we're still in the early, early days as well. So we've got a lot more things to run. To announce the website as well, so um, it, it's good. It's you know, it's a good time at the moment. And of course, the one thing with websites is you've got to keep it up to date, haven't you? <laughs> you certainly have, and that requires people. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, um, that's why obviously we're, we're trying to, to get more people in. Um, we've made strides with that. We've been in contact with um, Marjon. Um, to their, um, we've been in touch with Mike Baker, who's in charge of sports journalism at uh, uh, the uni there, um, and he is going to get in touch with some of his students um, on his course, who hopefully will be able to help us out. So in one way, they're going to get experience uh, working with us, and um, and in return, we're going to get their knowledge and expertise that they're gaining on their course so um hopefully more people in more content and um and obviously the more bodies we have in the less there is to do for everybody else if that makes sense and mm. many hands make light work as they say yeah and did i see you're also planning on bringing back video footage or what yeah we've um We've had Ashes, uh, Ashes TV on YouTube, which has always been a, a major sort of. Everybody loves, you know, everybody loves Ashes TV. We brought it out um, 
and it went through a stage where it was quite regular and it was a lot of content on there and it was really good and we were getting lots of views and then it tailed off a little bit um we were grateful to have connor help us out last season when he could um he's a new video videographer and he's put some up there as well um but um, obviously we can't just have one person doing it i think it's probably a little bit too much to ask for one person which is obviously the reason why we're getting more people in so the aim of that is you know we get more people in the less um work individuals have to do be more of a team effort and then the content will be more regular and uh, of, of good quality as well so um that's the aim so on that front on the the ashes tv you're not looking at just footage of games you look into what have interviews and that sort of thing like you had in the past yeah absolutely i mean that's that um that's obviously something that we want to do it's something we've tried in the past as well and we we can um primarily i think people want to see the um the highlights of the games which is which is fair enough so that has to be our priority um to say if we get the people in to help us out um as well and there's, there's more people helping us out we can um we can do more content as well on interviews and, and other sort of features as well on ashes tv just to to broaden out a bit so really you want you're looking for people to come on board that have actually also got ideas and things in mind as to how they can contribute to to the setup yeah of course yeah i mean i mean we're we are a team and um everybody is you know has their input gives gives their ideas and great ideas come out of it and you know anybody really with with ideas and with experience or or um a bit of creativity is is you know is really welcome to to jump on board and help us out um uh, the, the more brains we've got really um around that table of not the table at the moment so you can't meet each other but hmm. the more brains we've got around um the more ideas we can come up with and the better better quality content it will be and these days you've mentioned it already you want to be as professional as you can now obviously there's a limit as how much one can do both because of finance and time how important is it though for you as a club yeah, I mean, it's, it's, of course it's important. It's, it's something that, you know, we, as a club, we make no, it's no secret that, you know, we, we do want to push on into the Western League and, and you know, perhaps even, even higher than that if possible. You know, um, it's an ambitious club. Um, and the ambition is to, of the, um, the team that's, or the, the battering team that support the first team in the SWPL. It's important that we are that we match that professionalism, we match that desire. So um, this is the whole reason why we're striving for for better and um, and as much uh, quality content as possible. Mm. And do you have a, a good look around other leagues and, and the clubs to see what they're doing? Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. Um, we do spend quite a lot of time, you know, not just not just locally, but nationally as well what other clubs are doing at our step and uh, um, and above and see what they're doing how how they how they're planning things out and you know we take things out of there that we think that's a good idea and some things that we don't think is a good idea we put more into you know more into that and think like what well, how can we make this our own and i think that's that's the main goal now is to is, is to make make it our own 
um, have our own brand, and um, that is the the aim of the next sort of like few weeks, stroke months, however long it takes. Um, while we're without football, um, we need to uh, to look at that and grow that, and hopefully get more people on board that will help us do it. How much time do you spend during the week at the moment? <laughs> at the moment, uh, yeah, I mean it. It can be, you know, it can be quite time-consuming. I think I was on on it most of last weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Um, uh, I was on it till quite late last night. I mean, it's it's one of those that you know, some, sometimes it's busy and sometimes it's quiet. So, um, but I mean, you've, I mean, to do it, you, I mean, you've really got to love what you do. I think is, that's the main thing. It does become quite, you know, the, the workload can be quite high sometimes, but um, you've got to love it. Um, which I do, and but you've also got to um, there's, there's also a bit of balance. You've also got to lean on other team members, and and we've got to share the jobs out and things like that. And that's what we've been doing quite well recently. And obviously, that's um, that's what we're trying to do, and that's the way forward, really. Yeah. And how does anyone contact you if they're interested on coming on coming on board? Because I, 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 you know, I can see this as anyone who is really keen on on well football sport yeah. and they want to you know they've got a bit of a uh you know a, a lean towards journalism and reporting and that sort of thing i, I see this as an ideal sort of step forward yeah for it them. is yeah absolutely yeah i mean um obviously the the way they contact me is if you go onto the site like sort of feed or facebook feed have a look for our advert my uh, phone number and email address on the bottom of there so anybody that's that has that um has uh, Facebook or Twitter, they just get in touch with me that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, as I say, you've really got to love what 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 you do. Um, so anybody with an interest in, in sport, um, obviously, particularly football, anybody that's football oriented, like a lot of us are these days. Um, but also somebody that you know wants to get involved as well. I was thinking maybe you know this is something I can do a bit more um, for local football. Um, anybody with an interest in journalism, photography, videography, anybody who's got a knack for interviews and things like that, absolutely, you know, please do get in touch and um, we'll gladly have you on board as part of the team. Good. And I noticed already you've had a, you've done a, a blog from the chairman and uh, your manager. That, and I also did see that the chairman's blog, Dave Bishops, isn't always going to be as long as this initial one. <laughs> yeah <I'd, laughs> did yeah, you actually but, think oh my goodness when is this going to stop <laughs> <laughs> yeah Dave, Dave sent me the email with it's, it's a nice long email from Dave Dave's great and um, you know he's he's he had a few I did ask him during last week I said Look, anything that you want to say please do you know this is your blog and we're trying to make this more regular and you know once a month kind of thing or whatever anything that you feel that you want to get out there these are your words, and, and he did. He gave me an essay, so um, only fair to, uh, to put up his words onto the website as they are. But it doesn't matter how long or short it is. It's, it's content. It's what's coming out of the club, and it keeps the community engaged with what's going on with what's going on at the club, even though there is no football. So that's great. Great stuff. Well, keep up the good work, Carl. And uh, well, let's hope you get loads of people, you know, interested. And um, they don't need to be doing it every day of the week, do they? They just need to participate no, no, and contribute no, no. in some way not. or other. No, yeah. No, we have some people. You know, some of us. You know, some photographers. We've got can come and help us on, come and help us on a Saturday. 
They come, they, they take the photographs, they go again. Absolutely fine, no problem at all. Some do, you know, once a month, once every, you know, once uh, every other week or whatever. It isn't a big commitment. It's, I mean, it can be, um, but, um, you know, it, it's about what what we can give as individuals, really. And nobody's, nobody's pressurised to do any more than what they can do. It's um, So it's, uh, it's give as much as you can, really, I think is the, is the answer to that. Great stuff. Thank you for that. And uh, good luck. Lovely. Thank you. Thanks, Dave. Take care. You're listening to the Cornish Soccer Rappo and Deke's Friday Fix. Thanks to Carl there. And uh, anyone, if you want to get in touch with him, email address is kjhweesman at gmail.com. You can also email sawdashunitedmedia at gmail.com. Uh, you can text, phone in on 07388267379. And also on Twitter, his own Twitter um, account is at the boy Weezo. Um, and his surname is spelt W E S E M A N N. So uh, um, of German extraction, I think he is. Yeah, I was going to say, he sounds a bit, or looks a bit German, doesn't he? He looks a bit German. Don't don't sound German. Sorry, don't sound German, mate. It's that salt ash, you know, dialect up there. Yeah, yeah, it could be, mate. Plymouth and German, mate. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, lots lots of big things happening at salt ash by the sounds of it. Yeah, such an ambitious club, isn't they, Deeks? And, you know, it's great work from Coral and, and Co, mate, isn't it? You know, it's uh, like you said, mate, I wish more clubs would have their own club website, really, because, you know, you get so much info, stats, etc. out of it, mate, don't you? I think, like Coral mentioned, mate, can, can only be good for, for your club as well, I, I would imagine, Deeks, wouldn't you? you know, in, in, I mean, it's, uh, like I said, though, the, the danger is keeping the darn things up to date, uh, yeah. especially... I mean, a, a club like Sodash, you've got, you know, so many teams, haven't you, as well? So yeah. I think it's only fair that if you do it, I know the first team, obviously, are the, are the main, you know, talking point, but I think it's nice if you do it for all the teams involved, isn't, isn't it, really? So, uh, True. so yeah, um, it's hard work. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, yeah. they've, they've advertised this week or the, over the past week or so, haven't they, for people to come on board. So anyone interested... Yeah, it doesn't need to be every Saturday. It's, um, you know, a couple yeah. hours whenever you like uh, to help with, yeah. you know, thinking up ideas and, you know, typing stuff out and, and all sorts, isn't it? So, yeah, I was going to say that, actually. This is a great idea, mate, isn't it, to get the more John students involved as well. I mean, yeah. you know, suits both parties, really, Dix, doesn't it? You know, um, I mean, it's the first rung on the ladder in journalism, like you said, mate, and, you know, obviously photography, videography, and then top top idea mate from an ambitious club mate isn't it and you know well done to Coral mate for that and look forward to Ash's TV video footage again like this I enjoyed that you know it was great at the time mate wasn't it you know to, to see the best bits of a of one of the league's top sides mate in, in a match you know the highlights of, of a game that you you couldn't get to mate it's good stuff mate wasn't it yeah and also I think it's not just about the games it's good to perhaps find out a little bit more about some of the players or the management or the yeah. physio or, or whatever. And, um, you know, they did do a, a few quick sort of interviews. Don't need to be very long, do they? But they did do some initially. So perhaps um, they'll uh, resurrect some of those ideas. Yeah, that'd be good, mate. Enjoyed it, mate. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, well done, Coral, mate. Yeah. And, and whilst we're talking about media and such like, um, did you see on the Cornwall Football Forum uh, Thomas D, the packet, oh, yeah. packet newspaper's new sports and uh, yeah, news reporter, like yeah, asking for anyone yeah. who's, you know, wants to contact him to, to get themselves in the papers down more west of the county. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that'd be good, mate. I mean, hard act to follow, mate. Mate, and it, you know, with Matt, mm, you know yeah. what he did, but, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got it on the, um, I've got the Cornish football form on the computer in front of me. It's, it's, mm. Yeah, he seems a nice chap, mate, doesn't he? he introducing himself, Tom's dear. Yeah, but let's hope he goes around chasing the clubs rather than expecting yeah. the clubs to come to him it's all very well these people putting it on the exactly. form but, but go to the clubs direct and uh, find out a bit about them so uh, yeah, that's, uh, welcome aboard Thomas email? pardon? shall I read out his email address? yeah please, go on then yeah. Yeah, it's, it's thomas.d mate uh, -E, uh, thomas.d at newsquest.co.uk mate right. so that's his email mate but but yeah like you said mate you know matt was brilliant money mate at finding out the info and mm. yeah some sometimes as we know mate from our time mate writing football reports and stuff but they, you know people don't tend to come to you mate do they <laughs> no, that's right yeah good luck to him though mate good yeah. luck to him and uh Starting work on the next uh, Cornish Soccer magazine. Whilst we're plugging every other newspaper, let's plug Brilliant. let's plug the Cornish Soccer yeah. magazine as well. And player profile Ryan Barnes. Now I'm putting pressure on Ryan, and he knows why. Um, but Ryan Barnes is uh, going to be on the front page this week so, or this magazine. So uh, there you go. So <laughs> I scored I scored a trick pass, Ryan, mate. Oh. That's well match, mate. But but he let me score two of them. Not <laughs> <laughs> really, Hang on, what do you mean he let you score two of them? I uh, definitely let me have that. The good one, the first one was a good strike, mate. I think the game was still, you know, quite not serious, mate. But I think the game was still like, I mean, I remember Damien. You, you watched that game, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, I did. Remember I Damien Stevens' goal in that one? No, I, I have Damien? to say I can't remember any of the goals, to be no. honest. But no, no, it was about eleven three, wasn't it, mate? But, no, eleven five, wasn't it? Eleven five. But yeah, I remember I had that trip, mate. I thought I oh, had nice to, you know, finish at Bickler with that trip. But but to be fair, mate, Ryan did let me walk the last one in. So <laughs> good lad, mate. Look forward to that interview, mate. Look forward to that interview. <laughs> right. One of the top kickers in the league, mate, isn't he, Ryan? Got to be, isn't he, really? Yeah, got to definitely, be. in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Perhaps we'll do, uh, whilst the lockdown continues, we'll do a... Yeah. Uh, a podcast theme being goalkeepers around the place. Yeah, so, uh, they deserve that, mate, don't they? They yeah, deserve that. That's right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So onwards we go, and uh, that's our three guests done and dusted: um, Phil Lafferty, Gareth Davies, and Carl Wiesman. Now it's just on to the old usual three, isn't it? So, uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so first up, Cam Weldon. He's the man who keeps us up to date with Truro every week. Cam was, uh, well, he had some news to give us. We broke the news on a Tuesday evening that Paul Watton um, had signed a new long-term deal with the football club, which is, as you can imagine, we were all very excited to um, announce it. And it's one that I think it shows the real intent that the football club have to have someone like Paul 
on a long-term deal for the foreseeable future, taking us into our new stadium in Cornwall will be um, it's brilliant news, really, because he's not he's not done a foot wrong, has he? Realistically, is um, we said in a statement that the board said that they were they were so they were 100 percent they were guaranteed if they had different circumstances with no COVID that we would be a National League South side at the moment, and I strongly agree with that. I really I do really do believe that um, he would have got us promoted last season, and if not last season definitely most certainly this season so it's um yeah in an ideal world we would be in that league but i think paul is most certainly the right man for the job and he's proved that over the last two years i said about it last week didn't i and when we talk about managers on the podcast we um he's he's been amazing with me personally and i just think he really is the right man for the job and the players all respect him and i think it's a positive for the club the fact is I know some fans are like, oh, what's going to happen to the players and stuff? Well, I think if Poole's still there, I think a lot of them will, will want to stay put because the reason they joined the football club in the first place was because of him. So um, I think now that we've got him, and I'm, guess, I'm guessing yes, he will follow suit, um, then I think that's just one of those. That it's just a, it's good news all round for Truro at the moment. Mm. And how long is long term? <laughs> I knew you'd ask this. Um, <laughs> if I'm obviously, I don't actually know the ins and outs of the deal, but um, I, as far as as long as I've been told, it, he will be there going into the new stadium. So that is at least um, the summer of 2022. Yeah. I can imagine it'll be even longer than that. Um, what I've been told is just solely for the foreseeable future, um, which is, as I said, it's just great news for the club. Really, he he will be in charge when we move into our new stadium. Um, whenever, well. Hope, fingers crossed, that will be on the um, autumn 2020, uh, 2022. So, so right. yeah. Okay. Right. Um, I was going to say, he's not going to be there as long as it takes to do the stadium for Cornwall, is he? You could ask him if he's going to be there 30 years later. I was going to yeah. say, he's going to have a grey beard and, uh, and a walking stick, I think, if, if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there we go. Right, so that's, that, well, at least that's something football-wise that you've, had, uh, you've been able to, to talk about this week, isn't it? Um, other, otherwise, every day or every so often I see more evidence that True Road is being dismantled. Where is all this, the, the, the advertising boards, the turnstiles, where is it all going? So what I've, what I've been told is a lot of it is, um, like, we, 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 we're wanting to be, obviously we know the history of the club and such, but I think a lot of us are, sorry, a lot of it, what the plan is going, is that they are going to keep a lot of it, um, whatever reason, memorabilia, whether they can reuse it, you never know. Um, some things are literally brand new that they've just kept. But um, obviously, obviously, a lot of it is like, for example, the, the, the hoard, not obviously the advertising boards, but the hoardings where you used to um, watch the game from, they were just, all those wooden boards were just rotted out. Obviously, mm-hmm. they're going to be bin. There's no point keeping stuff like that. But um, for what I've been told, anything that is worth keeping will be kept. Um, whether it'll be reused, I don't know whether it'll be taken to Parkway, whether it'll be offered to other clubs, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. But I know that there is um, a deal with, I believe, with the farm, Roseworthy Farms. Uh, they're going to store a lot of stuff with them right. uh, whilst we move away, um, which is obviously convenient. So it's, as I said, they're, they're going to salvage stuff that's worth salvaging, really. The re- reuse stuff is worth reusing, but anything that's not, then it's just going to get scrapped, which mm-hmm. is basically like you expect that really don't you you're not going to keep 
broken railings and stuff. There's no, what's the point? So, um, <laughs> That's right. So, yeah. It just so, makes yeah, me wonder what, yeah. And if my memory serves me right, I think the turnstiles that I've seen in photographs, they came from another club anyway, I think. I don't know. Yeah, I, might be, so, I might be wrong in that, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but yeah. I, I have seen the pictures. You are right. It's, um, but yeah, I, th- I think it's moments, things like that. It's moments of history, really. If you can take them in and put them into your new ground, it's it's one of those that you always remember. I know um, loads of stadiums. I know, well, Tottenham, for example, you, you did it in the your stand, didn't you? You put the big um, the the spur at the top of the stadium. Cockerel. From your yeah, well, is that what it is? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, no disrespect to Spurs fans, but no interest in Tottenham whatsoever. But um, yeah, but yeah, even I know, really... even I know that Liverpool's got the Red Devil, so it's only fair that you should know that no, Spurs no, have got no, the Cockerel. No, no, that... Dave, what you're not... Red Devils? No, that's, that's, we have the Liver Bird. That's not a devil. Liver sure. Birds. Liver Birds was a mm. television program, wasn't it? A comedy. Yeah, it's a you're too English. young to remember it, but uh, but uh, no, I don't watch TV. <laughs> no. But, too busy, Dave. That's what it is. Ah, right. Well, anyway, yeah. let's get back to the football. And um, so, right, so that's just the, the ground is uh, gradually being dismantled at True Road. And I've spoken to Carl Wiesman of Saltash United already in the, in the podcast and asked him about websites and things like that. It, I know that you keep True Cities up to date, don't you? Um, a lot of clubs don't bother with websites anymore, do they? But is it... A condition of you being suddenly, do you know, or is it just the fact that you want to keep things, you know, out there in the public? Um, I don't believe it's a condition of the league as such. I know the national league. Um, I think the only national, I think the national league says you have to have a website and you also have to film uh, all your games and yep. submit them. But I don't think the southern league have the same right. uh, rulings. But I just, I think for Truro, we just want we want to be professional, really, aren't like that's the way we want to be and. Um, Realistically, in nowadays, you have to have a website, like um, even if you don't post on it as much as you like. And that is one thing I want to work on. Is we don't. I personally, it's a flaw of mine. I don't think we take advantage of our website as much as perhaps we should. But um, I've been working on that during the lockdown and stuff. So, um, but yeah, it's. I think I think a website is really really useful, and it's um, it's a source of information. But you do at times I do feel it is almost outdated as such like we see any breaking news just on twitter and facebook social mm. media more than an actual website clip but um the website's probably the last place you update almost isn't it or um well for, for us we we do all our web we do all our articles on the website and then we send links out to all the social media so right. um in fact the website's thing we update first but uh with certain things when it's just like it's just easier to do little things if you just want a message out like for example we put a message out today to wish Noah Keats a former player um, happy birthday and it was like you don't need to do an article on a website but like, you just put it on social media and I think I think a lot of people are saying if you've got any news you might as well just write it on social media as a tweet it's a lot easier or put it onto Facebook so but yeah it's um, I, I do think I sort of websites are quite useful nowadays And but I think with the rise of social media the fact we have we have a YouTube channel, we have Twitter, we have Instagram, we have Facebook, uh, we have a LinkedIn. I think it's, I think it goes to show that we have channels all across social media. And I think, realistically, the website's sort of dying. Will they be around in 10 years' time? I don't know. But, you know, it's so, so different with trends. Things come and go, don't they? But, yeah. Um, I suppose I it's, said a good, I'm keep... it's a good place to have a club shop and that sort of thing, isn't it? 
Yeah, exactly. So we have link when you look on the top of our website. Looking at it now, um, you have so we have all the sponsors. We have uh, links to all the sponsors' websites, so that helps helps them out. Um, and then it has for us. We have our YouTube. We have you can buy match tickets on there for when we obviously with COVID we have the tickets um, all bought online. There we have links there, YouTube, links to our club shop, as I said, Instagram, photo galleries. So it is, it is useful. Um, it's good for club statements, stuff like that. We do use our website, don't get me wrong. It's not like we leave it derelict. But um, for me personally, I would like to use it a bit more than uh, what we do at the moment. So, But we are limited. We we have a company called Petrero, uh, is the website. Um, uh, the website, they produce the website. And... Um, Sorry about the pronunciation. That's probably wrong, but uh, <laughs> Pichero, Pichara, I'm not entirely sure how it's pronounced. No, but Pichero, yeah, we know. are limited to how they want things done, basically. So we can't just, for example, I really want to update fixtures and results, but you can't just you can't just do it. So on our website, we don't have any of the FA Cup results on there because mm. you can't edit them in without their um, without their permission. And I've contacted them two or three times, and they just won't. They've never got back to me. So, but it's, it's one of those that I think. The web is something I really want to work on. The website that is a bit frustrating. You are limited to what you are, and I'm sure it's the case of any website builder, really. Mm. And as you go up the pyramid system, it does seem that um, websites are more in vogue, is aren't they? Um, rather than you know down the bottom of the pyramid system, I think the lower clubs don't bother but so much. But um, it does still seem that there is a there is a place for websites, and the further you go up, as you say match tickets and you know um club um shirts and that sort of thing is probably quite useful what about instagram well, it's something that it seems quite popular but um do you know if it's sort of looked at very much or not do you get you know any stats or what yeah, yeah so um when it, when it comes to stats, i don't actually know the stats on top of my head i was looking at them the other day but um for us instagram is one of our probably biggest platforms obviously twitter is our biggest social media wise but then um i'd probably say instagram's bigger than facebook at the moment i know they're they're almost entwined now they're run by the same company but um <laughs> facebook is obviously quite popular um we have like there's the supporters groups as well on there so they they read stuff which uh, instagram's really um taken off and i think all the players use it so the players do almost promotion for us when they post a picture of them playing in they tag us and they're playing in the kit and stuff um and it's, it's definitely something that's been really useful for us instagram like uh for example we got 100 and we're currently 150 likes on our link to the manager news on twitter and we we're 140 on instagram so it's very much yeah. um catching up on them so it is it's immense it is popular we've we've only we've just recently hit over 2,000 followers on there as well so um it is, it is a uh social media we we use quite often it is quite popular proves to be anyway mm, good okay well thanks for that can um i'm assuming there's no other news so uh i can let you go yeah no other news from me unfortunately Dave. so i'll um <laughs> yeah and everyone have a good week i guess yeah and speak to you next week oh don't forget cam it, we're on to our 100th uh rap and Deeks Ooh. podcast next week so uh so a oh, special wow. one yeah i'm looking forward to it guys okay talk then bro your Cornish Yeah, Cam, they're bringing us, um, well, the the news that Paul Watton has uh, signed a long-term deal. Now, Rappo, yeah. no one is uh, giving out how long this long-term yeah. deal is, 
how long do you think a long-term deal should be? I don't know, Teeks, at that level, mate. Do you, I'm, I'm thinking, mate, two years plus an option for another one, mate, I reckon. Yeah, good one, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I'm just going for three, but I yeah. like the way you've done that, two years plus yeah. an option, because that gives both him and the, and the club a bit of a get-out, doesn't yeah. it? So. Yeah, it does, mate, doesn't it? That's what they tend to do, don't they, these days, mate? Yeah. Don't they? In fact, like you said, mate, it's effectively three years, but two with the option, isn't it? So, yeah. But, uh, but great news, Deeks, isn't it? Paul Wharton signing a longer-term contract, mate, at City. And, you know, as Cam said, mate, he's been almost flawless, mate, isn't he? In mm. his couple of seasons in the job, you know, from building a new team from nothing, really, Deeks, in the summer well. of... When, when he took it, took it on, you're right in saying that it was almost from nothing, wasn't it? He didn't have many players actually signed on. So no, it, was it three or four players? Something yeah, started, yeah few, something, something like that. So uh, he has done a yeah. good job. But, um, yeah, to, to, to really by the end of that season, to what would have been promotion back to the National League South, mate, wouldn't it, if not for the yeah. null and voided season? So, so yeah, good move from the club, Dix, and you, you can't. You know, um, just finally, Dukes, I can't believe you associated Man United's <laughs> Red Devils with Liverpool, mate. <laughs> with Liverpool. Yeah. I mean, I mean, anyone would have done that, but <laughs> Liverpool. That shows how much I know about professional football. But, uh, but when I said it, I thought Red Devils and... I had to look it up. As soon as I'd finished with Cam, I thought, I'm, I'm going to look that up to see it, you know, because I had a feeling it was wrong. And uh, yeah. But, I mean, but Liverpool's nickname, the Reds, I mean, that's not very yeah. imaginative, is it? Nah, it's not great, mate, is it? The it's Reds. They've got that live bird, haven't they? That's an easy mistake, I suppose, mate, but <laughs> to mix that up with their proud red devil, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Easy done, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You know everything about non-league football. <laughs> and have you you haven't put in a bid for the turnstiles at True Road? Have you? I see that they're no, keeping them for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought about it not, mate. <laughs> Wouldn't want rage coming through them every night, mate. I think you <laughs> come home from work, mate, five o'clock, having to come through the turns, especially if I charge you thirteen quid, mate, to get in. <laughs> Mate, <laughs> no, you cook your own tea. So. Yeah, exactly, mate. Yeah, yeah. Collector's item for someone, I suppose, mate. Yeah, but uh, like I said, I, I think didn't they get them from another club or something? I, I'm not sure. Yeah, that, but, um, they did, didn't they, mate? Because I remember, remember Samo, mate. You know, Matt Salmon had the contract, the building contract to put them in. Oh right, right. Yeah, Samo did it, mate. Samo, Samo and Lee, mate. Their company. Um, is it salmon and collet, mate, or collet and salmon builders? But but yeah, they did it. Cause I know, I know. I don't know if I should say this. You should cut it out if you want. But I know Kevin Heaney took quite a few months to pay him for it. <laughs> <laughs> I think they'd done the work up front, mate. About eight grand's worth of work to put the turnstiles in. Because I think it was a bit of a rush job, mate, wasn't it, to play in that league, wasn't it? Or, uh, probably, or yeah, quite possibly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, so I think they put off quite a few jobs to do it for him, mate. You know, eight grand's worth of work and materials and stuff. And I don't think Kev come up with the money for about six months. Mate. So I think Samo did threaten to go over there with a JCB, mate, and not with a lot, mate, unless he got his uh, payment, mate. But yeah. So it never happened, so I'm presuming he did, mate. But uh, Perhaps he could take that pleasure now. He could go over there now and, and knock yeah. it all down, couldn't he? So. That's true, right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, that's Cam yeah. Welder at Truro City for another week, and um, well, he keeps us up to date with with uh, what's happening at. Uh, oh, I nearly said it. What's happening at True Road? No, um, that's not no, that's not the case anymore, no. is it? But um, no, could be weird. Yeah. What's the new ground? What would it be called? Uh, uh, Langarth Lane. Don't know. That's but, not uh, bad, mate. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so that Cam keeps us up to date with True, and likewise, we've got John Colenso does the same when it comes to the East Corn Premier League. Uh, although things are understandably a little quiet at the moment. Well, I'm assuming there's no news coming out of East Corn Premier League clubs at the moment. No, there's nothing, Dave. It's. Uh forum's gone really quiet isn't it at the moment and um, there's not a lot of communication going around I think everyone's waiting with bated breath for Boris's decision on Monday. Yeah it seems to be uh, perhaps almost a, a tinge of sort of agitation about the fact that you know clubs don't know where they, where they stand at the moment. You as a officer of St Clear Football Club what are your views on how long it's taking to, to come out with a decision and also What's happening, I think a lot of the argument is that what are we doing with our ground? Have we got to keep it, you know, up tidy or can yeah. we just, you know, get on with preparing for next season almost? Yeah, that's it. It's it's one of those, Dave, isn't it? I mean, like last season we all sort of complained, and, and rightly so, we complained that the FA sort of jumped into a decision, didn't they, and just shut, shut the league down straight away. And, and that was probably the wrong decision at the time. But then this time I think they're trying to hold on and hold on with some sort of hope that we might be able to play some football so it's a difficult one isn't it it's you know you better the devil you do or better the devil you don't it's, it's one of those you can't really say um from my point of view you'd like to have a definite answer sort of now really so that as the temperature warms up we can do stuff to our pitches and, and get them ready for next season if that's you know if that's the case that it's going to be null and void um but yeah it's a tough one isn't it someone's got to make the decision and i think now people are sort of still training, there's players still training with the hope that there might be light at the end of the tunnel and even they're getting a little bit dejected now, aren't they? So, yeah. so if the players yeah, so if the players are training, would the idea of a sort of end of season you know, mini cup between the East Coast Premier League clubs, is that an idea which you uh, you like the idea of, or are you? Yeah, against yeah, that sort no, of definitely. I, I think I think there's always going to be pitches that will be available. So, I mean, Mike Murray has sort of said that you know he'd like to do some sort of World Cup tournament type knockout, um, just so that we've got some football to finish the season off with. Um, and there, there will be plenty of pitches around that are usable, even if you know if there's a couple that need to sort of start working on on them now, then. Mm. I think it's probably, you know, as soon as Boris has decided what he's doing on Monday, then I think it's it's time that perhaps we did start work on pitches that need it and just hope for a better season next season. Yeah, but it'd be a shame, wouldn't it, for, to the players and the, and the managers 
um, if if they are still training. I mean, you know, good, well done if if they are. It's yeah. something we don't hear too much about uh, in this no, lockdown. No. But you know, if they are still training, it'd be good to to perhaps yeah. be able to do something, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. I think well, there's a people on Twitter who say they put the odd sort of Strava run on there and bits and bobs. They're just trying to keep fit for themselves, really, I think, just for something to do. But, uh, mm. yeah, it, it would just be nice now to have an end goal, wouldn't it, to, to yeah. either say, yes, we're going to carry on, or there's not enough time to do anything at all. Mm. Perhaps we'll just do a small tournament between ourselves. Yeah. Okay. But an, an answer needs to come out soon now, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, just to keep everyone going almost yeah yeah and whilst we're talking about keeping everyone going and and uh, how that decision would be passed out through um from the clubs um i've been talking to carl wiesman of uh, Soldash united the media manager there um cam obviously does the website for tourist city and and various media ideas uh with the club what about you it's a clear do you um look at um social media and think it's something you've got to be on board with or what yeah you have always got to be on board with it i've um i've been doing some on this day in histories where um i've got hold of ex-players and managers and try to work out what you know what games we could marry up to the day of the to the day of the week and just put a game in history on this just so people have got something to look at and you want people to almost interact with you and just to see that simply a football club is still active and and just to keep your name around you know there's there's clubs that will do that just to make sure that you know supporters have a quick read of it and just to see who's who's interacting with you sort of thing and just to keep your name going around on the social media circuit really what do you use do you you obviously use twitter do you use any other outlets um i use twitter twitter is the best one i think um but we are linked. I've got a link with like Facebook and Instagram, so they're linked together. So you do one post and it comes out on all the different ones. All oh, right. What do you uh, use for that called, then? How do you do that? Um, Facebook introduced it. I think it's called Business Suite or something. Oh right. So you go on Business Suite and and it just links you to your Facebook and your Instagram account, so you can do one post and it goes to both. Right. Um, and then I do the Twitter one as well. It's just, it's just really just to keep players active and just you know just supporters like looking at it. You always you you can guarantee some people will look at it. Do you know what I mean? There's mm. always the same likes and retweets and uh, there's different competitions. And if you only, you only got to mention, I don't know, like a football kit, and the next thing you've got loads of different kit companies sort of tweeting you and <laughs> asking you to win this and win that and you never know when an opportunity might come up for something so it's just worth carrying on and, and just keeping your name out there mm. and obviously um when did the league um introduce their twitter account oh blimey when did we do that i think was it just before the season started the season started so how's that going? You got three hundred and seventy-six followers at the moment. I, I noticed just now. So uh... yeah, it's good. We just um, we retweet each other, all the clubs. It's myself and Callum Bays at Tall Point have got the passwords and that for that one. And um, so we just keep the postponements up to date when there was postponements. We keep the fixtures up to date. Just trying to sort of get the league. When you can see from the forum that our league, as East Cornwall League, is fairly quiet. On social media, really, mm. there was there was nothing at all, and the the forums always fairly quiet. So it was just to try and get people involved with it a little bit and um, push the league forward, really, get it up to date. Yeah. 
So, but yeah, we retweet each other. You know, all the different clubs retweet each other, and there is a little bit of interaction now between the clubs. So it's it's getting there. It's getting better. And I suppose with the introduction of um, the full time, the FA full time site, and where all the results are posted and all that sort of thing, there's not the need for websites so much now, is there? Because uh, uh, any any clubs in the East Corner Premier League have got websites that you know of or not? Oh, that's a good question, Dave. I don't. We haven't, and I, I don't think there's many. But it's yeah. not something you see very much at all, really, is it? At, at your you level, you don't really, don't really need it. You don't really need both, do you? You could, you could put the same message just on Twitter. You know, you don't have to. Yeah, I don't think it's something you need anymore because your, your, um, your fixtures, your cancellations, you can do all that through Twitter, can't you? Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, on that note, I think we'll leave it and, uh, and uh, perhaps. Uh, Look forward to a 100th Rafa and Deeks next week. Yes, look forward to that one, Dave. Right, see you then. then. Okay. You're listening to the Cornish Soccer Rappo and Deeks Friday Fix. Yeah, John there, and uh, like um, like we've had a bit of a theme this week, so asking about sort of social media, websites, and, and that sort of thing. Are you a, a Twitter or an Instagram or a Facebook, or what are you? Uh, what do you favour, Rappo? Yeah, probably Twitter, mate. I'll probably go on more than any digs, I think, probably. And and then Instagram, you know, because a lot of friends on there and stuff, mate, just to catch up. I usually go on there sort of 20 minutes a day, Instagram. But, yeah, sort of scroll through Twitter more than Instagram, probably. And I'm not on Facebook, mate, so... Yeah, I just, you know, refused to be. I know I should be making it. <laughs> Why did you refuse to be? Oh, mate, I, I tried it, mate, once, um, you know, when it sort of first came out and all dicks, and I and I got so many people, pro- you know, try it. Was it Pope, mate, isn't it? Pope or something? Or, I mean, it was ridiculous. It was just taking up, like, all, all day. <laughs> you know, I was, I was, like, spending, like, an hour or two on it, mate, you know, trying to... You know what everyone had for breakfast and stuff, mate. And you know, I thought, oh, and I get because I know so many people, Deeks, and I like yourself, mate. You know, and I just thought, oh, nah, I just I'll keep in touch with me friends by text or whatever. And uh, you know, I just couldn't handle Facebook, Deeks. I didn't bother with it in the end, mate. But but I do go on like Rachel's, mate, to have a look on your sort of Cornwall football memories page and stuff, Deeks. You know, there, there is some good stuff on Facebook, isn't there? So. I do go on and you know, use their account, mate, to look at the football stuff. But, but yeah, yeah, probably to answer your question, really, Dix, I suppose Twitter mainly, mate, and then sort of Instagram mm. after that, mate, maybe. Yeah, yeah. and um, well, it's good for all the leagues to have a, a, a quick and easy way of finding out things about match days, yeah. really, isn't it? I think Twitter is like. Um, we hear from Phil Hiscox in a minute, and he points it out that yeah. it, it's a it's very good for match days, isn't it? Twitter. Yeah, brilliant, Deeks, isn't it? I mean, I mean, like hopefully after Boris and Nathan on Monday, we'll we'll know where we are local football wise a bit more, Deeks. It's all it's all a bit frustrating, like John said, for everyone, mate, isn't it? At the minute, and you know, pitches wise, you know what you do with your pitch and stuff, mate. But but. You know, well done to all the clubs who've continued to push themselves on the social media platforms, Dix, you know, during this pandemic, mate, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's not easy, mate, as we know, mate, don't we? No, that's right. Doing the show, it's not yeah. easy, so, yeah, good on them, mate. OK, and, of course, the big question I've got, though, is what did you actually have for breakfast this morning? 
I tell you what, this is it, it's rubbish, mate. Really, I, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, if it's done me a bagel, mate, but it was it was just one rasher of bacon and an egg. <laughs> I was starving again by 11 o'clock, mate. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> not, not that I'm ungrateful, mate. I was going to say, you know. you're going to have to suck yeah. her. So <laughs> yeah. Get someone well, else yeah, in. Yeah. yeah, I thought it might be decent. You know, Rach, Rach is working from home today, mate. I thought there might be a decent breakfast on the table, mate. But alas, mate. <laughs> alas, it's not to alas. be. So No. No, well, actually, I'm starving again, mate. Are you talking about? Yeah, mate, I'm feel, I'm feel my stomach rumbling, mate. You got nice chilli for tea, mate. So oh. we've, we got Ben up for his birthday, mate. You know the oldest boy, Ben, mate. So yeah. 24 years, Dick. It's unbelievable. Blimey. So uh, I don't know where the years go, mate. Gee, I mean, no. you probably find playing with the girls, mate, didn't you? Where, yeah. where does the years go, Dick? But, <laughs> but yeah, so nice tea, mate. Hopefully in a minute. Good. Nice tea. Okay, right, so our third regular guest coming up, and that, of course, is our South West Peninsula League contact, the League Secretary, Phil Hiscox. Right then, Phil, another week goes on, and I, I will persist in asking you the question. Update us, please, on all the news. Well, there is a little bit. A little bit. Oh, Not a lot. Progress. A little bit. Yeah, the, the FA meeting... Went ahead last Thursday with a Zoom meeting with Step 5 and 6 leagues. Um, I suppose the frustration thing is that there was no firm sort of proposal from the FA or, or decision to come to the leagues. Uh, they issued a statement later on the following day on the Friday, uh, which pretty well summed it up, which was basically that they are waiting for Boris's statement next Monday, the 22nd, as to his sort of roadmap for the future. Um, before committing themselves to, to any course of action and that they will have a meeting amongst themselves shortly after that and then call another leagues meeting to discuss that later next week. There's no firm date or anything like that at the moment because I suppose it really depends on what Boris says and, and, and how the rest of it goes. Um, the, the only frustrating point of view, I suppose, is it's another week of, of, of not knowing. Um, but... I suppose the other thing that came out of the conversation was up and down the country, it's practically certain that that no league will be able to fulfil its fixtures and that with the expected sort of requirements for clubhouses and things to remain closed for some further time yet at least, Mm. um, that we're we're not looking at a return to competitive football, um, I won't say ever, but... uh, (laughs) um, unlikely to see any competitive football before Easter, I would guess. Uh, And it will be interesting to see then, if that is possible, whether that's to try and sort of get to a certain point on points per game or whether that's actually to give up on that idea. And I think, broadly speaking, the majority of leagues were in favour of giving up on that idea. Uh, And then in, in, in the FA's words, to allow leagues to play supplementary competitions. Right. And those supplementary competitions you're talking about the sort of the the mini world cup sort of ideas and that sort of thing yeah i suppose it depends on on exactly what dates number of dates you've got available and who wants to play in them yeah Uh, and they're not going to be compulsory are they if clubs don't want to bother because i I, i'm getting the feel from clubs and people at clubs that the longer we go on without any football is going to be a struggle to actually get going for the end of this, well, what would be normally the end of the season, you know, mentally as well as physically, 
It's going to be difficult, isn't it, for clubs? It, it is. Know? It is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think compulsory is is out certainly right there, um, and that again would be part of the the argument. And, and there were one or two leagues who, who were keen to sort of think, well, if you had eight or nine Saturdays in April and May, and everybody played twice a week for for sort of nine weeks, you you could get to fifty percent or sixty percent of the of the fixtures and and play and count it on PPG, but against that argument was all the other arguments that from leagues up and down the country that have played a lot less games mm. um, and of course the the great uncertainty and it's the uncertainty that kills people isn't it it's mm. it's the fact that you can't actually plan that on such and such a date you'll be able to play uh, and therefore you can't plan to prepare for that either no no and you um, could you could do a lot of preparing and it'd be a yeah. waste of time yeah. as well wouldn't it uh, and of course the other thing about supplementary competitions is if they are knockout competitions so for example the Cornwall Senior Cup and the Devon St Luke's Bowl uh, are still there you know being drawn albeit the game's not played uh, the problem at coming back just for those type of competitions is you you know who you've got in the draw <laughs> if you you prepare to play one 90 minute game you lose then that's it isn't it mm. so well, are, are there going to be yeah there are going to be some clubs that are going to say no if the other team really wants to progress that badly let them go through yeah. uh, but that in turn means that team doesn't get to play either no that's true my immediate thought is I, I can't remember all the draw of the senior cup but Holman's have got to go to Salt Ash no yes. you know it's going to be a major miracle for Holmans to win anyway. So yeah, that would be one where you think, oh, you know, yeah. Just but but in that in that particular case, then you know, Salt Ash still haven't actually played, have no, they? So no, that's right. you've arranged things, but you haven't got anywhere with it. Yeah. And then the same would apply in, in for any knockout cup. So I think the argument then is is why you then go to sort of round robins or World Cup type formats and things. And I've, I've tinkered with some ideas for that and dates. Mm. But the real question on that is knowing what date you can start because yeah. you know, yeah. you've got to, to appreciate that it's going to finish at some point in May some clubs that share with cricket you know end of April that's mm. it for home games anyway yeah um, yeah, yeah. So we, we are creeping towards the end of the season full stop end of the season aren't we I think I, I think we are yes it's, it's creeping towards it and I, I, I would hope this time next week I might have a bit more clarity um, <laughs> now come on you've I'm, been I'm saying not, that for the last three or four I know so I'm not, and I'm not I'm not even promising it anymore I'm just saying hope hope <laughs> it's right. the hope that kills you isn't it <laughs> yeah so it sounds as if you, well you, you could be a busy man with meetings or whatever in the next uh, week or so yeah I mean that, that's the one thing that has sort of ticked over I, I'm obviously not working as hard and as long hours as, as I would on a wet miserable season when we're playing every week looking at postponement forums and all the rest of it um, but there are still meetings and phone calls and conversations and emails behind meetings and things mm. uh, and certainly last one little point to take on that we um, the winter survival fund that we touched on last oh, yeah. week yeah. they did actually extend the deadline by a couple of days uh, after that to give us more time and I know up to the day before the deadline, 30 of the 40 had applied, so oh, that was right. pretty good, which yeah. was, and nationally, it was only just over half, so we were, oh, good. certainly more had applied than then, and that wasn't the final figure. I was aware of two on the list who the FA said hadn't, who were still doing theirs, and, and it, they, yeah, the deadline hadn't quite passed, so. Oh, well, that's uh, good. That's yeah. Good. Well, let's hope... Um, 
they all, you know, um, get what they want out of that. So, uh, yeah. right. Now, there was something I was just about thinking to ask you, and I forgot. Oh, yes, I know what it is. Transfers. Um, did I see on Twitter or social media that there's been a transfer of someone this week? I saw one on Twitter about Dobbles, I think, announcing a new signing, which I... Lee Hawkins, I, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I sort of filmed at that one, thinking, well, you might have, but you understand the form of him, but then on the other hand, you're not like to play... <laughs> He's worth it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the last news that I did at the beginning of January, just as uh, to sort of conclude the stats and facts we had then, and I've actually physically only received six transfers in the last two months. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so there, there are a few. I mean, technically, until the 31st of March, I can still receive and process registrations and transfers. So that, that right. the one doubles are going, if they want to send it in, it will be processed. Right. Um, right. But it's all a bit immaterial at the moment. Yes, yes. Um, but I, I must admit, I was a bit surprised. I, I know that they actually put a caveat on their um, statement, didn't they, by the saying they're not sure for what season the transfer is going to be <laughs> applicable. But um, but I did. It was. Uh, it sort of threw me a little bit. It came out of the blue, a transfer, and you know. The football world at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I suppose I've had some inquiries from from local press about you know absent Blazy made mass signings <laughs> and things, yeah. and they may or may not have, or they may be speaking to people, but they certainly haven't submitted any forms to me. But say without actually a firm date to play any football, there's mm. not a lot of pressure to look for them to send those forms in. No, that's right. And we mentioned. Doubles there a moment ago. What's the? I, I notice again on, on social media that they've put up a or added to their clubhouse or something. Am they the building or? Yeah, it's, it's extension to the dressing rooms, which is required because of the sort of toilets in each individual dressing room. There's ah, right. some bashing around work that needs to be done. Right. Um, interesting enough, actually, on that point, the, the dispensation for clubs who haven't reached the ground standards. Uh, the FA didn't absolutely confirm it last week, but they did. Uh, notify leagues that they they had proposed to FA Council that the 31st of March deadline nationwide for clubs to reach ground standards uh, will be extended by 12 months. Right. It's been proposed to be extended by 12 months. So right. your dobbles, your St. Dennis's, and, and there are other people with smaller jobs to do uh, have got another year. It, it's n- not a great surprise because people who haven't had the income or the the ability with COVID to do the work. Mm. And floodlights, I mean, obviously part of that work is floodlights, mm. at, particularly St. Dennis and Dobbles. That's ongoing, I assume, that they are still yes, moving I mean, towards that, that idea? Those two and Honiton in the East Division of the three, they're all moving towards that idea. Um, let's say originally that the pressure was on for the 31st of March. It's become apparent in the last sort of few months that that was likely to to slide back a bit. Um, uh, now we've got some clarity that the proposal is, is a straightforward, you know, one-year extension rather than messing around with, you know, a, a date in the summer or something. Mm. Okay. Uh, because those clubs can't enter things like the FA Cup and the FA Vars until they've done that work. No. Right. Fair enough. And a lot of this information I'm picking up from the likes of Twitter, social media. Now, what are your thoughts on... I've asked the the other guys today their thoughts on websites and that sort of thing. What are your thoughts on on the, the use of social media? And I guess in your uh, longevity that you've seen a, a few changes in the way that clubs um, promote and, um, you know, broadcast news. Oh, communication has changed 
so, so much over the last 30 years, which I've been involved in football admin. Um, when I started, um, I can remember doing football club programs at Everest United using a typewriter. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> I had a typewriter. <laughs> um, so we've gone through all sorts of computer things. One of the, the one that always gets me is years ago, and I'm talking now probably only 20 years ago, being at a game between Elbert and Villain and Budley Salterson, an old Devon League game, where the result of that game and the result of a game at Stoke Gabriel decided who would be the champions of the Devon League that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were both being played at the same time. Uh, and I was at Elbert with the cup and medals, hoping I was in the right place. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and but needing to know what the scoreline was in the other game. Now in those days, I would use the clubhouse payphone and put Tempe or whatever it is mm-hmm. in the clubhouse payphone to phone the clubhouse payphone at Stoke Gabriel to find out what the score was. Oh, um, whereas now with Twitter and things, you you know instantly not just what the score is, but the lineups. Um, uh, any sort of snippets of news, or sometimes some salacious gossip about the game. <laughs> and things. Um, and, and so that's that's an incredibly different tool. And I suppose the other thing is, and it's been one thing I possibly have sort of pioneered a little bit when I say it myself, the idea of postponement news. Mm. You know, years ago, I don't know quite how we, we've ever circulated which games were on and off. I suppose it was left to each club to sort of post a, a board outside the ground in some cases. Well, I think um, there were there were occasions when you would rock up at a, at a ground, there would be no one there, so you'd assume yeah. it's been postponed. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how things used to be. Yeah. Um, whereas so over the years, we've developed... Um, both on websites and on Twitter, um, and combining Twitter onto websites, that's the other sort of debate there, isn't it? It's, mm. it's the one good thing I've, on the league website is having the Twitter feed on the side there. And I know people that don't do Twitter, you know, the, an older generation, mm. but they know that they can go on the league website and see the latest tweets. Mm, right. So if you only stick to sort of tweeting firm news, you know, that game is off or that's a score of this game or or that, then it it clicks up there as as a sort of ticker for people to see the latest news. Mm. And am I right in thinking originally clubs had to have, uh, this is for the South West Peninsula, clubs had to have a a website or am I making that up? Um, no, I, I think I know where you're getting that from. There, there was a, an inference with a risk assessments last summer that the clubs had to post them on their own websites, to which a club, couple of clubs said, well, we don't run one anymore. Right. Um, and, and the FA then accepted that actually if you put it on the league website, it's yeah, on yeah. a central point. So. Right. Because a lot of the uh, clubs, obviously, uh, we, we've spoken to Carl Wiesman of Saltash and, and they've just, you know, sort of uh, rejigged their website this very week. And... Um, so there are clubs that have got websites and actively using them, but there's an awful lot that don't bother now, you know, because of the, the Twitter world and Instagram and, and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. So, I find the website a useful tool for when you've got five or ten minutes to, to plan things. So, for example, if you're looking at like the next month's fixtures, you want to study the league table, mm. uh, you want to see what most recent transfers are, and things like directions to grounds and postcodes to grounds. Uh, so it's it's there as a, as a sort of resource 
for when people need to check what the situation is or, or find out things. Whereas Twitter, which I, is the other one I mainly use, is there for that instant news, isn't it? Yeah. That they say such and such a game's off or so Fred Rogs has scored at trick this afternoon, that sort of thing. Mm. Um, and the two, I find the two complement each other. Yeah. And obviously on, on your league's website, you, uh, you can click across onto the FA full time, um, yes. pages. When or why do you not at the moment have um, details of goal scorers and stats and that right. sort of thing? It's about the inputting of it and the, the FA software. That for quite a few years there, there have been arguments about using the FA software. In fact, even at the start of this season, remember there was that terrible fuss when people weren't able to register their yeah. players because the system kept crashing. Yeah, um, we have been slowly persuaded um, and on up our back to you to change so we are on full time the clubs get email notifications of changes of fixtures and uh, referees appointments and things through full time uh, and there's plans and, and part of the reason for not doing it in the last year or two is we were aware that the FA are changing their own system uh, at the moment they run whole game which is an administration system MOAS which is a match officials administration system full time which is a database and uh, they've got a separate one for payments for club managers and things to get subs and things mm-hmm. on match pay or something like they call it. Um, and they're going to combine all of their software into one called the Platform for Football, Blimey. which is due to launch next year that's, or next season. That sounds very dangerous that things are going to co- you know, collapse. <laughs> and. <laughs> Oh dear! Right. Okay. Um, so we are committed to joining the platform for football, which will include player registration things when when that launches. So that's at the moment hasn't launched, and certainly with the the earliest next season. Right. Um, and I suppose also part of the last twelve twelve eighteen months has been, well, what's the point changing our system to to go into a software that they know themselves is being replaced? Yeah. Fair enough. And also, you made me think about, um, whilst you're talking there with those developments, the, the idea that in the old days, when a player got sent off or, or disciplined, you'd have to wait to hear, you know, in the post as yes. to, you know, what the punishment and the fine was. Well, oh, referees nice. could just do it on their watch now, can't they? And the, the Pretty book, well, yeah. The booking yeah. is there before the game's finished almost, isn't I, it? I, I, it is. I've still got one or two club secretaries, but I mean, years ago, every result sheet came by post. Yes. The postman used to hate me, absolutely with a passion. He used to hate me. Um, but now, you know, sometimes it's a race to get home from a game before the first result sheet's been emailed across. <laughs> right. There are some, um, uh, there's a, a couple that are just there you know, that prompt. They get home, right, first thing, send the result sheet over to Phil. They are done. Well, then it's um, done, isn't it? Out of the way. Yeah. Then. You haven't got to worry uh, about But it. I still do have three or four club secretaries that still do it by post. So, again, mm. that's an issue for when we do transfer over to <laughs> wholly digital. And I'll... I'll I'll say one of the names because he's a stalwart in Cornwall, and that's Lydell James, the Port Levin. No, I can't believe Lydell isn't <laughs> up to date with <laughs> good old um, Lydell. Yeah, and, and there is, yeah, there's an argument there as to how, as a long-serving volunteer, he should be, you know, not penalised by the FA changing software and things yeah. because you know, it does affect different generations in different ways, yeah, isn't it? Fair comment. Yeah, that's right. 
Right, okay, well thanks for that, Phil. We look forward to talking to you next week. It's our 100th episode, so and you've been on it since day one, haven't you? So uh... I feel like it, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've probably been on it more than rappers, to be honest. So you know, you don't you don't shoot off to Scotland every Christmas well, and things like that. But uh... actually, my, my daughter is in Scotland, but luckily, thanks to Nicholas Sturgeon, I, I'm not allowed to visit. So that's <laughs> fine. That's right. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, thanks for everything you do, and we'll talk again next week. And hopefully, there will also well. I say hopefully, perhaps there might be some development. We live in, we live in hope. Let's live in hope. <laughs> That's right. Thanks so much. <laughs> no worries, mate. You're listening to the Cornish Soccer Rappo and Deke's Friday Fix. Thanks to Phil there, as usual. He's on the podcast telling us what's happening or tr- trying to tell us what is happening in, in the non-league football world. What do you think, Rappo? Are we going to know something this time next week? Yeah, it's hard for Phil, isn't it, mate, to come up with something, mate. I mean, like obviously, like we just said, like these Boris statement will define, mate, and it was was pending, I suppose, mate. But yeah, like Phil said, these no leagues can be completed anyway. Now, can they? So yeah, it's, it's going to be too late, I think, isn't it? So... Yeah, yeah, it is, mate, isn't it? It's going to be cup comps. I'm not. That, I was going to say, I'm not so sure that it's going to be a lot of. Com- when I say competitive, I mean the sort of the you know like these mini World Cup sort of thoughts and whatever. Yeah. I don't think there's going to be as much as perhaps we think um, that yeah. there will be because it's sort of lost its momentum to some extent, isn't it? Yeah, you're right, Deke. Uh, I, I agree, mate. I, I, but is it worth it, mate? Really, as well? Is it worth it? But. Yeah, I know we all want football to return, and like we was champing at the bit, mate, weren't we? The first mm. lockdown and all, mate. But I think we all realise now, you know, to be sensible, the vaccines are they're out, mate, and they, you know, things are being done. Mm. You know, can we wait till August, mate? I don't know, mate. But I think we're looking at July, and we make pre-season realistically, mate, where players and officials may be comfortable restarting mm. things, maybe from a, from a fresh, mate. I don't know what you think, mate. Yeah, but, no, that's a good but, point. Yeah. Yeah, but good to see 38 to 40, mate, of our Southwest Peninsula League teams, mate, apply for the winter survival fund, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, that's know? right, and possibly yeah. a couple more as well. So that was um, very good yeah. news. Just, let's just be interesting to, to hear how they get on. Um, yeah, it will, mate, wouldn't it? I hope, like you said, mate, I hope they all get what they need, mate, you know, to keep them going. Yeah. You know, mate. And, and yeah, definitely. I had the last week's Phil saying about the payphone story mate I mean, <laughs> yes. I mean if, if we got two minutes because I've got a quick story yeah, mate. I was, I was, yeah I was um, well it was a 98-99 season because I was, I was four goals behind Charlie Legg mate at Porth Levin <laughs> for the top scorer in the old Southwestern League mate you know 98-99 season and uh, Legg he'd finished mate his games and um, and I was obviously playing for Weybridge at the time mate and uh, we had two games left mate we had an evening game away at Oldsworthy on the Wednesday night and Penzance at home on the Saturday digs and you know I was four goals behind Leggy mate so uh, you know two tough games really innit Oldsworthy away Penzance at home you know my old team with, you know me, my old mate Dennis in goal you know and I thought it was going to be both the Magpies yeah both the Magpies yes yeah, right mate good, yeah good show that mate yeah. but yeah two, two mate yeah you're right mate I didn't even, I didn't even think about that mate yeah <laughs> Two magpies in a row, mate. But, um, <laughs> is that lucky out, or unlucky? I can't remember. It did, mate. It turned out to be one for sorrow, two for joy for me, <laughs> mate. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, so I knew it'd be quite a tall order, you know, to, to win, 
yeah, it would, would have been my third Jack Hawk trophy, mate, you know, so, so, um, but anyway, mate, you know, Leggy, Leggy had never won it, mate, as far as I know, I don't think he ever won it, and, and he was, he was claiming everything, mate, that season, apparently, mate, even like George and Blakey said he claimed the couple that he was 10 yards away from, like, you know, <laughs> his, his teammates, so, but anyway, he was four ahead of me, mate. And um, and we won six three that night, Deeks at the Upcott Field, uh, out of a game, mate. And and I scored five. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and I, I was just thinking back to Phil's, you know, like these days, mate. You know, but but we were in the bar, mate. Um, about ten minutes, you know, for about ten minutes, mate. After we had a shower, got in the bar, and the and the phone rang, mate, behind the bar, yeah. and some someone was asking the score, mate. So. Um, so the barman said, oh, it's uh, Weybridge one six three, And then and then he said to us, mate, he said, he's asking how many did Bappo score out of the <laughs> The barman said, mate. So, and we all thought, well, that's not Mike Sampson or Mark Alliwell, you know. So, um, and then Nanny shouted out, mate, tell Leggy he got five and he's won the Jackal trophy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, but, uh, and, it, and it did turn out to be like, you know, actually by the sounds of it. So, no, no, no. <laughs> I can't picture Vidal sending a text, I think, can you? I can't really picture him <laughs> no. being on the computer. Can you make tapping away? No, not really, I'm no, that's right. But um, no, it's nice to hear from Vidal on the phone, I must admit. Uh, yeah, 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 good bloke, mate. Top bloke, mate, isn't he? Brilliant yeah, Mr. Port Evan almost, isn't he? So, oh, he is, mate. Without, I was a chauffeur for a season, I was this. <laughs> yeah, I used to drive uh, Vidal's uh, BMW home, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, he's had a couple of points, so, you know, obviously total ending, so yeah, I drive away, mate. And whilst you're talking about that 98-99 season, amazing goals tally that Port Levin had that season. They they scored 102. Did they, mate? Yeah. Flipping, and mate. the next best was Sablazy, who finished top, yeah. with 69. Really? Yeah. So, so 33 more goals yeah that, that's crazy isn't it yeah. I wonder like he scored a few that season how many did you score that season in the league 14. how many oh in the league league so I had 46 altogether. Um, I think the league mate was it 34 or 36 was it so you had more than half of what Weybridge scored in total yeah I think so <laughs> I remember that um, I th- I'm not sure if it's on your Cornwall football memories league so I had um I had 46 and the next top scorer was five. <laughs> <laughs> I think, the, um, yeah, Paul Barron, mate, and Jerry Solomon, or was it three of them, mate, on five? I think I had 46 and I think Solly, Bars, and I think it was, um, oh, what's a big midfielder called, mate? Tall midfielder. Used to, oh, a bit bad, mate. Dark head, lad. Quality player. 
Yeah, he, he, I think he had five. So good, me. you can't remember his name. I know, mate. I'm gutted. As soon as, <laughs> as soon as we go, mate, I remember his name. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm disgusted. I can't remember it, to be honest. Not Dave Ferret. No, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good way we team, wasn't it, Dave? Yeah. Freddie and Blackie and all that, mate, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Crikey, yeah. But, yeah, so Weybridge scored 63 that season. So, um... Yeah, I'd, yeah, I think I had 36 of them beats in the league. Mm. So, yeah. Good. Was it yeah, but yeah, I've done an exam. Got me Jack Hawk trophy here, mate. I, I've been able to tell you, mate. We're still on the lookout for the Jack Hawk we trophy. Are, mate. Yeah. yeah, that's right. We're waiting for lockdown, yeah. and we're going to raid the Bodmin Town Football Club. Yeah, so, uh, that's, the, that's my first game, mate. Mate, I'm up, I'm up Bodmin Football Club, mate. Well, <laughs> Gilby won't let you in though, because all the things you say about him. Yeah. <laughs> Bless him, mate. I'll get him point. <laughs> right okay well uh that's this week's podcast over we hope um you all continue to to enjoy listening to our weekly taste of the, the local football scene next week will be as we've already mentioned our 100th episode of the rapper and Deeks friday fix and uh well we've got to think of something special rapper so um get yeah. your thinking cap on Definitely, mate, yeah. Yeah, definitely will do this week. It's, uh, right. Come up with something a bit new. <laughs> yeah, it's hard, isn't it, mate? It's hard to... Well, no expense spared. Uh, you know, the, the budget's been doubled for this for next week's podcast. So <laughs> That's all right then, mate. I'll get 442 Magazine and the World Soccer, mate. <laughs> Got to find something, haven't we? Right. Find something. right, so that's it then. We're out of time once more. That's yeah. another one. That's 99, not right, out. Mate. Mental, isn't it, mate? Yeah. How, how quick is that, how quick's that gone? You a cricket fan or not? Do you watch cricket? Uh, nah, not really. I played it for the school team, Deeks, but that was only to get off of lessons and all, really. <laughs> I, was, I was a pretty quick bowler, mate. You know, I did take a few wickets, mate. Knocked the old middle stump out a few times, mate. Pretty quick, but, but rubbish at batting, Deeks. Absolutely rubbish, mate. I, yeah, couldn't, couldn't bat at all. Yeah, just couldn't get the hang of it. But yeah, did play dates, but and you know, obviously had a few games from the old mate, you know, Rob Guy, you know, and Mike, mate, you know, I think I mentioned it before, mate, Paul Wheel Deeks, you know, had a few Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think I had three games for them, mate, but mm-hmm. but um yeah, no, nah, long old day, mate, really. I, I quite like the twenty over stuff, mate, don't you? The quick stuff. I yeah, although that. that's uh, more but, of a modern game, isn't it? The, 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 you wouldn't have had that choice when you were at your peak, would you? No, exactly, no, exactly mate, mm. yeah, it wasn't even, yeah, I mean, it was all 40, 50 overs back then, it's just, mm. just a long old day, mate, standing on the boundary, mate, isn't it, <laughs> didn't you? Talking, <laughs> to, <laughs> talking to all the crowd that were yeah. there watching, <laughs> yeah. All yeah. ten of them, mate, yeah. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, yeah, no, not really, it can't, can't stomach a test match, mate, but... <laughs> But what about yourself, mate? Are you? I know Mass is a big cricket fan, mate. Yeah, he went. Um, where did he go? What, was it South Africa? Yeah, um, yeah, South Africa. Was it South Africa? Yeah. Or well, Australia? South Africa. Yeah. Yeah, I want to say New Zealand. South Africa. South Africa. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of uh, footballers play cricket, though, Dicks, don't they? Yeah, summer. yeah. A lot of good local players. Mate. I know Johnny Loveland, mate. So oh yeah, that's true. Yes. Clubs, yeah. Yeah. I think he won the cricket and the football. Championship in the same season, mate, for his 
respective teams, mate. Mm-hmm. Remember talking to lads like county champion for both sports. He was one year, but good. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some good footballers play cricket, Dicks, don't they? Yeah. Okay. Well, on that note, though, we have to go and uh, like I say every week goodbye and stay alert stay safe and uh, for the moment we've got to remain responsible for what we do yeah still I'll take something still I'll take there you go right it won't be a while yet I think well it's yeah not too long hopefully so we'll end on a chirpy note yes that's it mate yeah take care everyone thanks for listening Goodbye. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Your Cornish 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 C